What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 52 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Gettys, joined by the coolest dudes in video games on my other side. And it's kind of weird. Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. It's good to be here with you today. Now, today, it's January 5th, 2016. It's our, our one year anniversary of doing this full time, doing that whole thing. We're doing the stream. escape. Yeah, it's, it is the escape. We're going to do our game of the year discussion. It's going to be exciting. We haven't really talked about what that means. Or no, what that, what, I have no idea what this show is going to be or how it's going to go. But uh, what you guys do know is what the first three topics of the show are. And that is each of our top 10 favorite games of 2015. Gotcha. We're not talking best games. We're not talking, you know, these games, are our the favorite games. These are our favorite games of 2015. Sure. Okay. So we're going to do all that. Colin had the brilliant idea. I didn't tell you about this yet, Greg. But okay. It's going to be easy for you. To, we're going to do them in alphabetical order. That's going to be easy for me. All right. Well, I mean, it's, you know, one of the first things you learn ever. <laughs> but I have to well, go through the alphabet every time. <laughs> I got to go through the alphabet every time I do it. Well, this is why um, you write them down like this. Yeah, but I put them on the internet and on the iPad. I'm sorry. Well, you have time, you'll have time to do it. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about our favorite games in alphabetical order because we don't want to, you know, throw get people on the scent for the game of the year discussion, which is the final topic. Now, during that topic, we'll talk about what that even means for kind of funny. Okay. And how we're going to do Are we going to have one game? Or are we each going to just sure. choose we'll one? Figure that out. We've never figured we'll that figure out. We'll figure it we're out. That's going to be a fun old time. For those of you that don't know, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. It's a show where every week we talk about all the cool things happening in video games or just whatever we really want to talk about in relation to video games. Now, today is a little bit different because while we were recording this, we are also live streaming over on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, to all the big, beautiful kids out there in support of Kind of Funny, the animated series. If you haven't seen that, go to youtube.com slash kind of funny, watch that video. Then go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, support to make more of those shows happen. It's going to be good for all of you. Now, if you want to support this show, you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. That's a whole other thing, but it's good there too. If you don't want to do that, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. How many URLs can I say before it just gets accepted? You could say you could just go to the brand new kind of funny.com. That is very true. All of it's there for you. Yes. Kind of funny.com is new and improved and it is amazing. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff there. And as of right now, should be working perfectly. Right. That's what I hear. I got to go be in the chat room on the front page of it. Oh, yeah. There's a new chat. So you can log in with your, your forum account, mm-hmm. username, mm-hmm. and then just chat away. Yeah. It's like Twitch. But on our own website. Exactly. But better because it's ours. ours. Yes. All right. I'm going to start this one off. Obviously, I am the I'm the most Tim out of the three of us. You That's, are the most Tim out of us. I always to, said that about When you. it comes to these video games. So it's like I feel like my list is going to be a little bit the, the most different okay. out of all of this. Maybe Collins is going to have a bit more of the obscure randomy things going on because you are one, Colin Moriarty. Sure. You are He's the, the most, most Colin, Colin of among. That is true. That sure. is true. No one I'm coming Collins for me. you, though, Greg. To be the most Greg? <laughs> yeah, All right. we'll see. We'll see. But I, I'm, I'm going to start this off, and I'm going to start this off right. About a week ago, a little game came out called Amplitude. Ooh. There is no better A game than Amplitude. I want to tell you guys all about my favorite game of all time. Now, we're counting when it came out for Kickstarters, presumably, because yes. it did come so, out today. That's the thing. My list... My rule. Yeah, sure. I'm making shit up. I played the hell out of this game in 2015. Yeah, sure. And I that was my whole break. Was that playing this game. So the original came out in 2002. I've talked about it many times on the show as being one of those random games that I really latched on to and loved. And I played the living hell out of that growing up and just like getting better and better and better at it. And I played through every difficulty and I actually wanted to 
get better scores just for myself. You know what I mean? It was right. one of those things where it's like it meant something to me to to beat each song on insane difficulty and whatever. So I would play through that. And then I remember once Guitar Hero started and once uh, then Rock Band and all this stuff, I was really into those games. Love all of them. I'm a big fan of rhythm games in general. But none of them were Amplitude. And I was always like, man, like I wish that we can get that again. Sure. Then we got Rock Band Unplugged on the, the PlayStation Portable. Yeah, it and was, was amazing like, and awesome. They should have just made that again. Yeah, and I was really, 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 really happy with it because I was like, all right, this is essentially amplitude but rock bandified i'll take it like that's the closest we're ever gonna get then we got a game called rock band blitz that was a downloadable title for the ps3 and xbox 360 mm-hmm. and it it was rock band unplugged but on consoles but even more but not nearly as good as rock band and unplugged. really 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 dumbed down so the problem there was that it would take any songs you, you had in any of the rock bands yeah. and just kind of like based on how it sounds assign beat matching and stuff so it was kind of just like a, it, it felt like a fan-made game overall and uh i it didn't play it for more than like two hours total i think mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they announced this kickstarter and i'm like oh my god like we're actually gonna get another amplitude game now i played frequency 2 big frequency fan i prefer amplitude over it but then we heard that this game's gonna have the frequency tunnel as well and i'm like man okay they're really kind of giving the people what they want with this thing let me see if i get my hands on i played a bit at events and stuff and i loved it at every event i played it at and i was like oh crap they nailed this it's amplitude and what does that mean to me that means it's the most perfect music like rhythm game because it is literally about making the music as you go guitar hero and rock band they're a bit more about like if you hit the notes it'll it kind of feels like you're playing it but really it's just more like yeah we're just having you hit things when it sounds like the music's playing, whereas with Amplitude, like you're literally playing each instrument, and if you don't do them, that track just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it compared to any other rhythm game I've ever played, it's way more exact, and it's way more like you use the the shoulder buttons and stuff, and it's not just like like things like DDR, where there's it there's the beat, and there's every like the the fourth notes, eighth notes, thirty seconds, sixteen, whatever. That's it. With Amplitude, that's all out the window. It's down to the, the millisecond of when the actual thing's happening. Because a lot of it's like drum and bass tracks and stuff like that. So it's it's all over the place. Like, I don't know the, the drum um, verbiage and stuff. The but nomenclature like, is Exactly. The, but the like, hi-hat snare. There's definitely hi-hats and snares. Kick drum. Kick drum. Yeah. yeah. Give me four-eighths of a kick drum right now. Four-eighths of a kick What's that mean, Colin? Four-eighths of a kick drum. I've never heard that. Particular you didn't grow up in the streets of Glen Allen like I did. No, I, you certainly, I certainly didn't. Um, anyways, so I, I was, I've been playing this game. Now, a big thing about the original Amplitude was the frequency had a lot of this, like, music's no, one, no one's ever heard of. Some, um, like, drum and bass stuff that I guess is popular to people that know that music. But, but to people that didn't know electronic music, it's, like, new, right? Sure. Then Amplitude came out, and it had Blink-182, and it had P.O.D., and it had Slipknot. And sure. it had... Um, no doubt and all these like like random things not no doubt garbage wow and um Shirley Manson it it, it kind of it introduced me to a whole bunch of music and stuff which is my favorite thing about music games but that's kind of why I loved it was it had this eclectic um range of different styles and different genres and stuff I'm kind of treating this as my amplitude review because sure. we didn't get a chance to this um, is like yeah the that. game we haven't talked about exactly and it, it, to, about. it means so much to me that I'm like I gotta give this game it's it's praise, um, 
So then this game came out and we knew early on because of the Kickstarter and stuff that there wasn't going to be licensed music. All the music was going to be either, you know, from Kickstarters themselves or made by harmonics or from their friends and stuff like that. Just like, or from other games. Yeah. Just like transistors in there. A couple exactly. of games. Transistor by 311. No, transistor <laughs> the game. By Super <laughs> One of the games. best albums of all time. Um, and it's, I started playing it and instantly it's like, all right, this is amplitude. It's the beat matching to that exact, exact, exact sure. moment. And you start playing it and you start remembering the rhythm and shit. And it does that thing music games do where you just get in the zone. Mm. But Amplitude mm. does it differently. Where, yeah, Guitar Hero, you start going and it's just like, whoa, I can't believe I got through that. Because Amplitude is set, so it's track by track, you make the music for this instrument happen and move on, move on. But there's a split second to move tracks over. So it's like you need to be like kind of multi-managing everything at once. It you just get lost in it and you just get that tunnel vision and just in the zone of what you're doing. And it's unlike any game I've ever played. Mm. Like, I'm just like, I just get entranced by it. And especially you put on headphones and just go. Yeah. You always talk about this idea of VR, just getting lost in yeah. something. I would love to just sit with Amplitude and just go. Um, and then you start playing through the songs and it's all like the, the single player is the campaign. It's a 15 song um, concept record which is kind of cool. It's a cool idea. It's like someone, this, this woman's in a coma and it's like, they're trying to like get her out of it. And it's like, what's in her head. And like, she hears all these people talking to her and stuff um, around her as she's in the coma. Yeah. Spoiler. She wakes up at the end. Oh my if, God. If you win. If you don't win, she doesn't. Wake Does she up. have like use of her arms and legs and stuff? No, it's, have it's, they it's atrophied. How long has she been in the coma? The doctors think she can get out of the coma. They didn't No. Once Does you she get have like full game, range little... of motion. Can she, she cognitive abilities where they should be? Um, you go through a cognitive sector. That's about as close to the information I can give mm, you. I don't know if that checks out medically. Yeah. Anyways, it's it was really cool, and I, I remember playing it, playing the songs for the first time, being like, "All right, whatever." Like these songs aren't memorable to me. And then they get stuck in my head, and now they're still stuck in my head. I can't tell them apart, but I'm like, "Oh, every time I'm thinking of it, a different song is stuck in my head." So I'm like, "All right, they did something right. Like these are catchy and memorable for what they are." Biggest flaw of the game is the fact that all the songs sound the same. Like, yeah. it is all, there's not that, the beauty of Amplitude was one song is Slipknot and one is Garbage and one is a rap song and one is whatever. Like, uh, Run DMC was in it. Like, it's just, it was so eclectic. This is not eclectic at all. This mm. is so, the same thing, just drum and bass, electronic music, which we is great, but I think that's a turnoff to a lot of people. You stole the words from, I was gonna yeah. say, which is a turnoff for me. I, st I mean, I'm not, I know, I know this isn't, this is your game, we're not like debating. Yeah. Game, but I mean, for me, it was like, I, I did the let's play with you where you were playing on like the extreme and crazy difficulty. And I was like, I don't even want to try this. And then I talked to some other people I'm like, all right. And I came home and I played it on a normal difficulty. And I was like, oh yeah. And it kept reminding me of rock band unplugged, which I loved and was great at. But then it was just like, I don't know any songs though. And this just isn't like, I'm not motivated to keep mm -hmm. going. Gameplay is, you know, solid. I get it. Don't get me wrong. But for me, the hook wasn't there. Yeah. And I guess I'm coming in at it with the fact that the hook was already there for me and the fact oh, that yeah. I liked those songs. So coming into this, it's like, I just want that gameplay. Like by the end of Amplitude, when I'm just trying to like boost my like stars and all that stuff or bars or whatever it is, I didn't care what song I was playing. I just wanted to do better at it. Sure. And that's kind of all already where I'm at. And I love the leaderboard system. Like it's the one of the first times I've ever, it is probably the first time I ever cared. And I fucking like just climbed that shit. Like I'm even right now, I'm like top 5% in the world. Nice. Like, yeah. Come at me. What are you gonna Andrea do? Andrea Renee. Tim huh? Gettys. She's talking shit. Come on. Does she know who I am? You talk shit, Andrea Renee. Now we should play some Amplitude, though. It's a great game. Um, but anyway, there's a there's one song from Skullgirls, and it's the only song ah. that's it's like a, a jazzy song. And I'm like, it's a different genre, and it's awesome because I'm like, oh wow, this is what I remember from Amplitude of like the variety and shit. And I'm hoping that we get some DLC, and I think we will. And I think it's gonna be 
be really good. But I'm going to be playing that game for a long time. Like, I, I want to platinum it. I want to platinum it very bad. First game. Your first platinum of all first time. First platinum would be. The problem is, it was one of those things where I'm like, I started playing. I'm like, I want to platinum this. Then I saw the trophy list. I'm like, I could never platinum this. That list is so hard. Then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try, though. And it's, so now I'm kind of in that thing of like, some of the challenges seem a little out of reach. Um, and the game is kind of designed to like push you back. Like the, the, the campaign system gets a little wonky. Like you can't pl- replay a specific song. You have to replay the whole damn career. So if I fuck up one song, mm. yeah, that's it. But the whole career is 45 minutes. So it's not like it's that big of a deal, but you know, after a few fuck ups towards the yeah. end when I'm one of the um, trophies is like beat the entire career on expert in without dying or retrying or stopping. And so in one sitting and I'm like, well, I can't really beat the last songs in one sitting, so. But that's if you my practice issue with it. over and over and over and over yep. again. So we'll see. I'm give I'm up hoping, this I'm dream of YouTube stardom and just focus on that. I will be the amplitude master. There you go. But anyway, amplitude. If you if you haven't checked it out, please do because I do think that uh, you're our only hope of getting DLC. <laughs> 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 um, next up, Emily is away. Ah, yes. We did a let's play of this. Did you play this at all, or did you see the let's play? Do you know? Uh, what I mean? No, I know what it's about, but I have not yeah. played it yet. Sounds very nostalgic. For those of you that don't it. know, you'd love it. Emily is away is a it's a Steam game, and uh, it's the story of a high school kid graduating to go to college as he is using um, AOL Instant Messenger to talk to a girl, just girl a Emily. girl, yeah. yeah, it's not his girlfriend. But then it's kind of the story over four years of their aim conversations, and you just it's kind of a choose your own adventure type thing mm-hmm. but uh it's not direct like you have three options but you're not really sure where they're going to lead you and stuff and it's a short game 50 minutes i don't want to spoil it for you and that was with you and i fucking around making jokes stuff. doing a let's yeah, play yeah, whatever yeah. so like real talk probably 35 to 40, 40 minutes yes, to get through the whole thing but there's multiple branching stories i've seen so many people tweeting me be like oh dude i got this and i'm like mm-hmm. whoa really that sounds yeah, cool yeah. Um, one of the greatest ends to a video game I've ever experienced. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, that it hit me. Oh I mean, yeah. No, you and I us, were man. devastated. Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. got us. It took so, out our legs for sure. So bad. Like that the was way the thing. that it happens is just like, um, that. No. Let's play. I remember we finished it. and We're like, let's let's try again. Mm-hmm. Let's re let's go yep. back and make this choice and do that and da da da. We jumped right back into it. And it, the reason I think it's so good is that it is so relatable. Like that yeah. story and the the doing it, it brings you back. It instantly brings you back. Seeing the buddy icon, seeing hearing yep. the noises, yep. doing all that. You're just like engrossed in it, and it's disturbing because it's like all the w- things you fucked up ten years ago, playing it again and having a character fuck it up in the same way, and like I'm like, oh man, this is like it's too real. Shit's too real. Too real, I understand. But again, emotions is one of the reasons you play video games. You yep. know, like having the yep. way having it affect you and stuff. And I think Emily was, is away is uh probably the the most emotional experience I've had with a video game this year. Interesting. Next up, this one came very, very, very late in the year to me. This uh later than amplitude. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> really? No, this this winter break for me was like I killed it. Okay. Killed it. I was working on this this stream that's happening right now, and I, I every mean, I needed a break, so I'm like, I'll play a little bit of Amplitude. I'm I'm gonna play a bunch of other stuff on my list right here. But this random game someone tweeted at me called Freedom Planet. Oh yes, you were talking. Do about Do you this. know about this game, Colin? No. I'm All right. No. So Freedom Planet. It came out on Steam last year. It is they announced Freedom Planet too, so it's like it's an established thing. Freedom Planet came out on Wii U in late October. I think on the eShop. I just downloaded it, started playing it based on one tweet. 
from, from one of the best friends out there. And he was like, Tim, if you love Shovel Knight, you need to play Freedom Planet. Interesting. It is to Sega what Shovel Knight is to Nintendo. And I was like, don't know what that means exactly, but my gut tells me it's reminiscent of Genesis side scrollers, like Sonics and, Sonic and stuff game. like that. I'm like, well, I loved those games. So I want to check this out. Looked at the YouTube video and I'm like, oh man, this is another one that I'm hoping there's people out there that haven't really got into this yet or checking it out. Cause I think a lot of people are going to be really impressed. Like, whoa, this is exactly what I'd want it to be. Cause I remember when you first saw Shovel Knight, what was your, your reactions to that? It was incredible. I mean, I, I revealed that game. Um, I saw before anyone knew about it and I, and I was, uh, <laughs> It, it scratched very specific itches in me. I knew that game was going to be huge. I fucking knew it. From the, that's why I took the exclusive in the first place and, and wanted to talk to those guys because I knew that that game was going to be massive um, for people like me. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it reminded me of the old days of when you know, gameplay was king. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. So this, uh, similarly, it reminds me of Sonic, which means it's not perfect. Like That's the thing. It has all of the kind of quirks and stuff that Sega games did, but it sounds like a Sega Genesis game sounds. Modernized. You know, In the same way that you hear Shovel Knight, and it's like, NES games weren't really doing that, but it's like it sounds like you remember them. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, this is great. There's multiple characters. It's just kind of like Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails. They each have their own different power-ups and stuff. I started playing through, and it's like there's this ridiculous storyline that like there's animals being taken over by robots and stuff. I'm like, all right, it's Sonic. But what they even nailed even further is they made a game that is reminiscent of my memories of Sonic the Hedgehog growing up, which are the Genesis games and the Saturday morning cartoons. So somehow they melded that together and there's like an actual plot and storyline with voice acting, like overdone voice acting. And it's perfect because it's so reminiscent of a Saturday morning cartoon. And so it's like they nailed in the way that Shovel Knight nailed that kind of Nintendo thing where it's like, it's not quite Mega Man. It's not quite Mario. It's not quite Zelda. It's not quite Castlevania, whatever. It's just, it's all those little bits and pieces here and there. They nailed that for this where it's, it's Sonic gameplay at its core, but it sounds like every Genesis game and the characters play like other Genesis games you remember and stuff like that. And I'm like, and Comic plus, zone? Like, but it's in that style. It's like, sure, it has sure. that, it does have that look of just like Genesis just looked different than super Nintendo blast you know? processing son. It had that blast processing and it's all over this. And there's no other game besides Sonic that you see these characters moving. And then all of a sudden going into 3d space and going up a half pipe and like running on walls and stuff. And it's like, to be able to do that again in a game that feels solid and is actually like quality, I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so Freedom Planet definitely surprised me and came out of nowhere. What is, and it's, what is it on again? Wii U. Okay, Wii U. Yeah, the Wii U eShop and Steam. Gotcha. Um, $15. And it's super awesome. Next up, no surprise at all, Mario Maker. Man, I love that game. That's a game I'll be playing for years I how often like do you just, check in on it? How often I check do you check in on it? On it? I, I, it's, one of my, it's a break game for me. It's yeah. like I'm working and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to play a couple levels. Mm. The thing that keeps me coming back is how involved the community gets with it and how involved my community specifically seems to be into it. So the people I follow on Twitter, you know? So when you see the, the Patrick Klepix and like oh, Dan he, Riker everything and stuff. Everything him and Dan did with Mario Maker this year was amazing. It's incredible, you know? And you see that stuff and it's inspiring of just like, wow, this game's really kind of capable of a lot. But then uh, I started following Patrick's like just Kotaku articles where he talks about, oh, like 
there's these cool levels to check out. There's these cool levels. And I read about it. I'm like, oh, man, I need to get into that. I, I want to play that. I want to do that. Yeah. And then I'll see other people, like just random random friends of ours, like being like, oh, man, I just made a level. And I'm like, I want to check it out just to see. Yeah, Boogie, Giant Bomb, all yeah. them. Then I jump in. I'm like, all right, cool. And so it's an in and out type thing. Um, yeah. All right. But uh, all right. I, I find myself checking in way more often than I thought I would. Still not making levels. That's not my thing. But I sure. think that's kind of the beauty of this game is the fact that there's people out there that enjoy making the levels so much. And there's people out there that hate that, just want to play. And it appeals to both of them equally, I would say. And I love that Nintendo is supporting it and sees it as a platform. And the fact that we've gotten already like three DLC updates, like free, just updates of just like here's new content. And fast, and stuff. right? They added checkpoints like within what, like a month and a half? Yeah, a month? And, and that's cool. It's like it's a different Nintendo than we're used to seeing where it's like, oh, hey, you guys want something? Here it is, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they keep adding more of the amiibo costumes or whatever. You don't even need the amiibo. It's just like costumes in the game. And there's all the like uh, celebrity event matches or whatever where they, they'll do events where every week or whatever they add um, courses made by specific people or Nintendo made levels and all this stuff. And they're adding, they have the website too. It's easier to, to find levels and then download them to your Wii U later. I think Mario Maker is going to be around for a long time. Oh, and yeah, totally. I, I think that uh, it's on my list because I have so much fun with that game. It's Mario. Mm-hmm. You don't get better than Mario. So it's like, I don't understand how that game could not be on someone's top 10 list. Metal Gear Solid 5. Again, we're going alphabetical here. People can say what they want about it, about it not being enough Metal Gear or about the story not being good or the gameplay being repetitive or this or that. It's excuses as far as I'm concerned. The game is awesome. Whatever it is, is awesome. Who cares if it's not this or not that or whatever? And I get that going into it, your expectations are that it is this or that. Sure. But what you get is amazing. Like the game is, there's no game that hooked me like that. And I don't know, I can't even remember a game that hooked me like that in the recent years. Like you get in and it's that cycle that we talk about so much where the it's just like loop. the gameplay loop is so good and the way that they teach you and the way that they reward you, I'm like, oh my God, it's so awesome. And it's a beautiful game. It's a fun game to watch. I think that's another thing that's key is it's like even a couple of weeks ago, I saw someone was streaming and I'm like, oh, I'll just check into this for a second. And it's like, it's cool. To see, he's just walking. All of a sudden a sandstorm happens and it's just like, man, this is a beautiful game. And like the, the motions are so fluid. The animations are awesome. And this is character. You know, it might not be the Metal Gear character that you're used to, but I think this game has a very specific feel to it that I don't think we'll ever see again. Like, I think that the, the style of this game is going to die. And that was a one-off experience. And it's, I'm happy that it happened in 2015. Or in the Blind Forest. Another oh, yes. game. Beat this motherfucker over the, the winter break. But you had played it long ago with the Xbox preview, but I remember. Oh, I mean, I played it, and then, yeah, I was like, I love this game. Yeah. I, I play a little bit more. I've been play playing little, yeah. little, little by little, but, like, I finally, like, played through and beat it. And it's just like, man, most beautiful game that I played this year, for sure. Like, that art style, that's amazing. And, again, it's one of those. It's, it's just, it's an easy hit. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, cute, lovable characters. And, like, when they look like that. And the story is meant to make you feel a certain way. They nailed it. I guess that's the best way to put it is like they really kind of nailed what they were trying to do. It's like a Pixar movie. You know, they're trying to hit you in the feels. They hit you in the feels. Um, In terms of gameplay, I like that it's a Metroidvania game, but it isn't so down your throat of like this is a Metroid clone. 
like the the way that they the controls are where everything's kind of more like a slingshot mm-hmm. than you're actually controlling the character. I thought it separated it enough to make it unique in different than something like Shadow Complex, which is a little bit more like this is a a Metroid. Right, this know, is a Metroid. This is exactly you know what you're getting game. into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is more like all right, this is a a take on that. And um I think that was really cool. Um then I got a couple honorable mentions on this list. Oh, we can do honorable mentions. All right. And uh, I'm giving it to them because some of these games didn't necessarily come out in 2015. That's when I played them. Shovel Knight being one of them. Mm, now, mm. it did come out on the, the Vita, PlayStation systems, and Xbox One this year. So it does count. But uh, Shovel Knight, oh, man. I think that if I had to choose a game that's game of the year, I'd give it to that had it not come out before. Sure. Because I just that's just... It's, it's a Tim Gettys game through and through. That was Colin's game of the year last year. Yeah. And that's, it's yeah. awesome. I mean, it's so, it's so Nintendo. You know what I mean? It's Nintendo without being Nintendo. And that's, that's great. They fucking, they nailed it. And that game is amazing. And I just want more. I want a sequel and I want more levels and I just want everything, you know? You'll get one. I just hope that they, I know those guys personally and I, and I, and they're super smart and super talented. And I think that it's, I think that their inclination originally was to do it differently and i hope that they are smart enough to not do it differently i know that they they want to do a 16-bit game and a 64-bit game or whatever and and like get like kind of go through those motions i think that that was their original plan but they need to make another shovel knight with the exact aesthetic uh that they made the original one and i think that they can do that more easily than they made the first one i know it was very intensive those graphics are hard to make i know a lot of people think they're not they're in many ways, way harder to make than some of these character models you see in a lot of games because it's just more intensive. That's why Ega's new game uses 2.5D, for instance, instead of pixel art because it's hard to find artists mm-hmm. that can do that kind of stuff. Um, like Wozniak over there that does yeah. the graphics. So, um, yeah, you'll get a sequel. I just, I just, I, I hope that when it's announced that they stay where they are. Yeah, I mean, know? for me, I hope it's the the 16-bit thing. Like, that sounds amazing. Having said that, I want a sequel in the same style just as bad, you know? Like, I would want one more sequel and then the 16-bit thing. I don't want to not get the 16-bit thing. Well, th- I think, I mean, you're going to get that. I mean, Shovel Knight's in an IP that's mm-hmm. going to be established, and those guys made a fucking asinine amount of money, um, and good for them, uh, especially based on the the Kickstarter money that they made, which was not very much. They just needed to finish it, basically, and these guys have good bona fides. I, I, um, I implore you to think about it differently in the sense that, like, it, we didn't get Mario 3 until we had Mario 1 and, and, and Mario 2 J- Japanese. And we didn't get Mega Man 2 or 3 until we had Mega Man 1. And we didn't get Castlevania 3, which is considered the best of the classic series by most people, until we got 1 and 2. And we didn't get Ninja Gaiden 2 and 3 until we got the original one. Like, it takes time to iterate. If we think Shovel Knight's good. No, no. And, I'm, that, and that, that's like sure. my whole thing, because Shovel Knight's a great, fucking, really good first game. And I can only imagine mm-hmm. what, what they can do with a second and a third one. You yeah. Know? Um, in terms of refining gameplay and adding little elements and adding more quirks and, and stuff like that and, and re- removing things like they did with the original Mega Man, for instance, there are things in the original Mega Man like points and, um, you know, a lot of like gl- weird glitches that they just totally, you know, threw the kibosh on with the second and third one. I, Shovel Knight is almost is is almost as good as it gets. So it's it's it would be fun for them to just go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're real artists. I don't know that they want to. Yeah, you know? but I haven't talked to them in a while. So who knows? So we'll see. Uh, moving on from that, Star Wars Battlefront, another game that I find myself going back to sure. a lot. And again, these are favorite games, not best games. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people hate on it and are like, oh, it's empty and whatever. Exactly what I need for just Star Wars fun. Right. You know, again, another beautiful game, another game that I come home all the time and my roommate's just playing. 
and I'm just I'll just sit there for a bit, just watch it because it's cool, you know. And then we'll just like tag team playing online matches, not in a sexual way, Greg. Well, I didn't. I, you said we just tag team, and you left the pregnant pros, and I looked mm-hmm. over, and it wasn't what we thought we were going with. Um, but yeah, it's like it's cool because you'll just do a match, and then I'll do a match, and I like that it's just kind of quick, and you just get it in, sure, and you just learn the weapons. The leveling leveling up system is fun, and we've said this before, but it's a it's a really nice casual way in to what an online shooter is these days for someone that doesn't know that. Like, yeah. I don't know that ecosystem at all. And yeah. the, the, none of that, the matchmaking and the, you know, that shit makes any sense to me, like perks and all that. So, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been playing my cards close to my vest here, but like battlefront, not on my list, but I'm with you with everything you're saying. And the fact that, you know, for me it is that game that if we weren't here right now, doing this stream in the night for this live stream or whatever, right? Kevin could easily ring me up at any time and say, do you want to play that? I'm like, yeah, I'll jump on for 30 minutes, whatever mm-hmm. it's going to be. Whereas like the other night I would, I, I was getting ready to play. I wanted to play something I wasn't sure. And I saw it and I was like, mm, I don't know. Let's see what else here. And I went to destiny. I was like, Oh no, I don't have enough time to get into destiny. And I haven't played in so long. And where to leave off and da, da, da. this isn't that right. This all. is jump yeah. in and like, what level am I? Let's go kill stuff. Yeah. And even more than that, like I said this before in the games cast, like there's like a bunch of single player, just random missions that are just kind of like tutorials for the game. But, I mean, it's pretty much best of Star Wars. It's just like, hey, you want to, you know, the speeder bike thing? Yeah, you could do that. You, yeah. want, you know, the, this, you, you can do all that. Like fly an X-Wing through a canyon, sure. And I'm like, great. These are small little doses, like five, ten-minute missions. But it's like, I had fun with them. Yeah. And it, it, this game's the biggest tease. That's the, the, the issue with it. It's my tease of 2015. Ooh. Where I'm like, I can't wait for a single-player Star Wars game. Um, but this was surprising to me that I enjoyed it as much as I did because I don't like multiplayer games. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, I like this. The maps are cool. You know, they don't seem super balanced or whatever, but I'm not a pro player. I don't care. They're fun. Yeah. Um, Transformers Devastation. Biggest surprise of 2015. That game was good. What? <laughs> Who the fuck saw that coming? I wish I could put Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 on this list, but I can't because the game was a pile of shit. Everyone expected it to be a pile of shit, and then it was a pile of shit. Okay? Yeah, you just caught me off guard with <laughs> Yeah. Um, but Transformers, it's like, <laughs> You look at it and it's like this is too good to be true. That actually looks good, and you're like, all right, it's gonna it's platinum, and they're at this point just putting out so many games. A lot of them really high quality, great games. But then you know they had Cora, and that was like the start of like, all right, are they Can doing? Trust them? Is there a different division of whatever making games that are subpar? What does a license mean? From exactly, and it's like all right, Transformers Devastation, a game based on the Generation One cartoon. Like how good could this be? Yeah, they're gonna get the original voice actors and you know use all that stuff, but. At this point, Transformers has been doing that for you. Like even the Transformers movies, the one thing they got right is doing that. The voices, yeah. Um, but then you play the game. I'm like, oh my god, this is playing the '80s cartoon, and it is just homage after homage of references to specific episodes. And the overarching story might as well have been one of those three part episodes where it's just like, all right, Megatron's doing evil things. Go find him. <laughs> and the game just keeps getting more and more epic in a way that I'm like. Again, this is what I remember Transformers being like instead of what it was. Because any battle you've ever seen in Transformers, it was not cool. None of them. Transformers the movie, I'll give it to that. But none of the show was like ever cool. It's a bunch of motherfuckers shooting and not hitting each other and talking in really awkward Who cares about language. Talking? And um, this game did what I wanted from Transformers, which is you take two toys and you bang them together and see what happens. And Platinum made that into a video game. And it just keeps progressing and progressing and progressing. All the different characters are fun to use. Were they different enough? No. Did I care? No. I'm using Sideswipe. Now I'm using Bumblebee. Cool. I am sold. And uh, the end of the game is amazing. It's one of those just like, all right, this is Tim Getty's dream shit. So thank you, Transformers Devastation and Platinum Games, for not fucking that up. Earlier I was saying Shovel Knight. 
one of my ones that uh, I want to give a shout out to because honorable you know, mention. Honorable mention. So I'm combining one spot into two games: Shovel Knight and Uncharted: The Nathan Drake Collection. <laughs> Hadn't played Uncharted two and three. Going in, oh lordy lord, fucking amazing yeah. games. Two's better than three. Nope, it is. No, nope. but man, those games are good. Those games are so good. Yeah, so excited for four. I'm so happy they did the HD collection. I'm so happy they did it the way they did. It looks beautiful. Playing those games, who would know that they're not modern games now? Like they're just fucking awesome. They they definitely hold up. And even playing a little of one again because my friend had never played again. My roommate and he was playing um, Drake's Fortune, and I just watched. I'm like, man. Even that's a fucking good-ass game. Yeah. That was a long-ass time ago. So anyways, you already know about Uncharted, so it's great. Um, and then Until Dawn. Ah. The other thing, Colin was right. Uh, I'll give that the Colin was right award. I'll never forget you being like, Tim, you need to play this game. And I'm like, I believe you. And then eventually we did. Me and Nick sat and we played on the... We did that Let's Play. The last long-ass stream we did. <laughs> well, but even before the stream, like we did a Let's Play of, oh, of right. Until Dawn. You're right. And we couldn't stop. Like, there's never been a time where we played a Let's Play where we're like, all right, and how long was that, Kevin? Two and a half hours? Something like that? We played a long ass You're until dawn? Let's Play's two and a half hours? I think it's one hour. One and a half hours. I mean, it was, it was one of the longest it's Let's long, Plays okay. we've ever done. And it was one of those things where multiple moments, like, do you want to stop? And me and Nick are like, we need to know who has sex. We need to do this. <laughs> That's so, what kept you going. Oh, <laughs> it, oh, it definitely did. We never got sex. I respect that. Never. It's upsetting. Until dawn, too. Or maybe my choice is, I don't know. But anyways. Until Dawn was a very special game, and I'm not quite as in love with the, the gameplay as I think you are. Um, I still think that I, playing the game, watching the game, there's not much of a difference. You know, like when me and Nick were doing the Let's Play, it didn't really matter who was playing, you know. Um, but it's it's great, and I think that there's a lot of potential with that as a, a franchise. And not even so much like, a, I'm thinking like a Final Fantasy style thing, where it's not like same characters or same world or whatever. It's just like in the style of this or you know what I mean? It's this game yeah, and yeah. it's a story and there's characters and all this shit, but it's not, you know, in that same exact. It's world. not what now let's pick up with Sam's story and see what horrible thing she's getting into next. You're yeah, saying, yeah. yeah. But, but even more than that, like it's not necessarily like in the same universe, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. Something that's well, totally. They're horror movies, right? This yeah. is a horror movie video game. So just make me another horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean that, that's the, the 10 Tim Gettys. Ten Tim Gettys games. 10. Yeah. I want to give it an honorable mention, like a real honorable mention, Topago Blast on the iOS. You're allowed to do that. And um, it came out in November of 2014. Yeah. So I can't really count it. But I played that game probably more than any of this. And you saw me. Yeah. During convention season. Yeah. And I, like whenever it. you had a moment of free time, you were playing Just that game. Yes. Topago Blast in a way. Yeah. God, I love that game. Yeah. I, want, I want more. Please, EA. Stop making anything else. Just make more of that shit. Close up Madden. Make more Peggle. Colin. Yeah. Hold on a second. I'm just going to get my water real quick. Okay. How things going? How things going with the chat and everything, Kevin? How are we looking on money? We are almost at forty five. Almost at $45,000 yeah. dollars on Kind of Funny. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. $207 away from six episodes. Six episodes of $45. we are very, very close. Remember, cool. ladies and gentlemen, no matter when you're watching this, uh, unless it's way after the fact, uh, January over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny is all about uh, kind of funny animated series so please go there donate what you can even if it's just a buck we're trying to do 12 episodes of the animated series go watch the pilot enjoy yourself mm-hmm. uh, so I have already angry at your list right, let's, I, let's start let's how many start ga- again so you can't have for Kevin, okay, all right? sorry, all right, yeah, you making sorry. notes of this Kevin this topic two? yes topic two sorry Colin 
Yeah. What are your top 10 favorite games in 2015? Uh, well, I have my 10, but then I also have eight honorable mentions. Fuck you. <laughs> you can do two honorable mentions. No, I'm doing all of them. Tim, you're the host. Do something about this. I bet you my list goes just as quick. I just want to mention these games. I'm going to do it quick. Uh, my honorable mentions for different reasons that didn't make my list. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Bloodborne. Uh, played Bloodborne for about 20 hours, maybe a little bit more uh, at the beginning of the year. I was interrupted by some travel. It's one of those games that I've said before that you, I can't stop playing and then get back into it and I would have to start again. But I really enjoyed my time with it and it was the first time I really got a Souls game and I'd played Demon Souls and Dark, especially Dark Souls pretty extensively. Um, I will say as one of the kind of negative caveats of Bloodborne is that it has a lot of great fans. It also has a very cringeworthy fan base, a hardcore fan base that needs to kind of get over itself, parts of it, um, with the way they talk about the game and how like you're an idiot if you don't like it or you're an idiot if you don't play it and stuff like that. Like They really need to like kind of chill on that. Um, but... Um, I think overall, From did a really nice job with the game. It was the first time I really got a Souls game. Um, and I really do. It's really one of those games that I want to get back to. I think it's uh, really, really fun. But do you think you ever will? I think I probably will. Yeah. I think it's one of those games um, that it's, it uh, probably will. Uh, Fallout 4, I want to give a shout out to. I, I was disappointed in it just in the sense that I, I wanted that Fallout 3 feeling again. I think that might have been an unfair way for me to play it, going and play it. I played it for about 25 hours. I don't know that I'll ever uh, get back to it uh, anytime soon, but I'd like to maybe when the DLC comes out. I think that um, uh, Fallout 4 is just more Fallout 3, and I wanted something a little different. That's why I didn't make... That's why I wasn't really in into it and why I think that uh, is a game that I'll get back to, but I just maybe my expectations were too high for. Uh, Heroes of Loot, I think, is the most casual um, fan base um, or ca- fan base, casual uh, game, game that I played all year. It's actually an iOS port. I played it on Vita and I really only played it for like two days on my Vita, but it's just one of those games I was going through my trophies and I was just like, you know, I really liked this game. It's really quite um, addicting. Yeah, just for a little bit. It's simple. Mm-hmm. It's kind of silly. It's very... I don't know. I just wanted to give it a shot. iDarb uh, on Xbox One. We played that game quite a bit um, and uh, on Xbox One, and I, I really quite enjoyed that game. I think that mm-hmm. game's fun as hell. It's also strangely good at it, which <laughs> made me feel pretty nice. I, iDarb got the cut from my list. It was there, and then I, I moved it out for, for something else, but... Well, if Shout you would have done that. 19 honorable mentions, right. you probably could have right. fit yeah. it into. <laughs> uh, Mario Maker, I wanted to give a shout out to, just because I would never mess with the, the tools, but we, especially during our 24-hour live stream for the Big Beautiful Kids um, that we did in October or November, uh, I uh, I just was quite enamored by it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's a game that has legs. I think they'd be smart to bring it to NX. Um, I think they probably will. And, I'm just going to give it to you. Uh, it's just, I would love to see other companies learn from this. I think Nintendo can learn from it, too, in the sense that we could get a Zelda maker. We could get all of these other games, but, and I would love to see a Zelda maker in, this, in the spirit of the 90s RPG maker RPG or maker. fighter maker or whatever, where it's like, you can really get kind of down and dirty with it. Um, but uh, a Mega Man maker, a Castlevania maker, uh, some of these old Sonic maker, if you're into that kind of stuff like that, it, there was something really cool about it. Uh, Project Root, I wanted to give a shout out to. I don't quite know why I like this game, because I don't think that it's... it's uh, it doesn't have the finest production values. It doesn't. It's not the the, the thing that stands out the most. But similar to Jamestown Plus, which was another game I really kind of fell in love with this year, um, for weird reasons. It's just an old school arcade shooter, and it just feels good to play those games. And I, when I was playing it, I was like, I don't quite know why I like this, but I I, I played it all the way through anyway. Super Stardust Delta. Uh, I want to give a shout out to because uh, it's just more Stardust. More and Stardust I think that's fantastic. And Wolfenstein: uh, The Old Blood is another game I want to give a shout out to before I give my. Um, Getting to the top ten. The only reason that I, I didn't put it on my list because I didn't beat it. I don't know how it ends. Um, but man, I love what Machine Games has done with that series, and I and I, I've actually been I restarted it recently and I've just been playing it again. It's just fucking really fun. It's just a fun game. All right, 
Top 10. See how quickly I got through that? I got through all of that. It doesn't matter how quickly. I don't care about the time. I care about you diluting the list to not meaning anything. You just gave me your top 18 games of the year. I didn't. I didn't. I told well, you, you I will, though, combined. Okay. Um, <laughs> number one, uh, predictably Dying Light. Uh, and we're going in alphabetical order. Um, I think that I, I've said everything I need to say about Dying Light. I think people know ad nauseum how I feel about the game. It's not a game I beat, but it's a game I spent a lot of time with because um, I was just kind of obsessed. There was a few weeks where I was really obsessed with it. Played it a lot. Just really went down the rabbit hole. Explored. Took my time. Did side quests. Uh, tried different things in combat. Tried to um, uh, make new weapons. So I just I think that it's just a really good game, and I'm I, I I'm really happy for them over uh, over there at Techland um, that they moved on to something that was dangerous and probably felt a little weird for them, even though it's another zombie game. But everything really kind of come together. Uh, came together for it um and i just think it's i, I don't want to say it's criminally underplayed because it sold millions and millions of copies so i i think people played it um but i think that because of the when it came out and the games that people really enjoyed since then like metal gear for instance i think that people have forgotten that it was really good i think it would have been cannibalized if it came out in the fall maybe we wouldn't feel the same way about it but i think it was the first like punch in the face this year and i really i really enjoyed it a lot uh mad max uh is number two um, you guys didn't play it, so I, I won't talk too much about it. And again, this is a game I kind of talked about quite a bit, but I think Mad Max um, showed what an open world can be when it's depopulated and empty. And I know that that's like a weird thing. Like we talk about dense games and like Fallout or The Witcher, where these games have a lot in them and a lot of life and a lot of um, uh, boisterous characters and mm. things to do in them. Mad Max has a lot of things to do in them, but there's like no one in the world and there's just remnants of what was in the world. It's 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 eerie to um, go through a desert that was once an ocean with ships just abandoned in it and going through the ships and finding old pictures of people's lives before the, the, the fall of man and and turning it around and reading little things, people notes, people and like how one of the things in terms of storytelling that I thought Mad Max did really well was it really showed the decay of humanity in that in between period through the notes and the pictures that you found. So there's a real world and when everything's normal like it is now for us today. And then there's like the decrepit Mad Max world that we know um, after really the first movie and they show the time in like the first few years of like when people are really starting to lose their shit and people are kind of still holding on to um, why things were so good, but how they can't be good anymore. And, and just slowly coming to terms with the fact that they're out of food or they're out of fuel or they can't move or their kids are being kidnapped or whatever, whatever. I, I don't weird things like that, yeah. where it's like there's uh, people are in danger and all this kind of stuff. And I think that Avalanche deserves a lot of credit for that game. I think that that game is is underrated. I understand that the hand to hand combat is not really people's bag. Um, I always I always t- talk about how Batman Arkham Knight's combat is really boring to me and and kind of one dimensional and shallow. And I really feel that way. Mad Max is even worse because it's it's predicated on the same thing. Uh, but I do say that that car combat is is really special. Uh, number three, Mega Man Legacy Collection. Mm. Um, this is a, just a very thoughtful grouping of games of great games i think that all six of those games especially i would say two through six are maybe superior to almost everything i've had on my list um but these are games we played before and um we're taught we talk a lot about should games stay the same or should they change um assassin's creed for instance is an example of a game that uh 
has changed mildly, but it stayed the same. We don't quite understand why they haven't fixed the gameplay. Maybe some people feel that way, franchise fatigue. And But there's th- times when I think a, a game nails the way it feels and the way it plays. Um, and that's why you had these games in six years, just one after the other. They're easier to make than the games today, too, of course. Um, but uh, they're always going to be timeless, and they're always going to be good. And I like how they, they ported these um, over with the care enough to basically make an emulation of the games or an emulator that plays the games as they were. So they're not ports of games. They're not cleaned up. The slowdown's still there. The flicker's still there. A lot of problems, um, technical problems that are well, still in the original. Like the challenge mode and stuff, right? Made it a little yeah. bit different. Yeah, and then there's the challenge mode, which I think is um, uh, quite cool and, and really fucking hard. I, I think it really destroyed people. You look at the trophy li- list for it. Like a lot of people don't have those trophies. Um, and uh, so yeah, the challenge mode was cool. And, and basically, they just figured out a way to write code in the emulator to just pick out parts of games. Um, and string them together so you can play Stone Man stage for a little while Mega Man 5 and then you get transported back to Elect Man stage in Mega Man 1 then you're fighting Quick Man for Mega Man 2 and all these kinds of things it's it's really quite ingenious I, I, I think that that collection was good I think it was affordable um, it would have been cool to get 7, 8, 9, and 10 but due to the nature of the way that they were porting the games yeah. that's not possible the presentation was on point for sure like everything about it like I think the I like that you have the options of the borders shooting them on and off and simple things but it's like that's the type of thought that needs to be put into these collections, collections. when you're putting a game out for the Million time, you know. Agreed. Uh, Rocket League uh, is next. Uh, Rocket League is borderline my game of the year. I'm not quite sure what I would because we're listing in alphabetical order, and you know, we'll, I guess we'll figure out like how, how we choose a game of the year if we will do that because we're not beholden to the old style, the old media style of these are our nominees and these are our. I don't want to fucking do that. It's boring. Um, but Rocket League, I think, comes closest to uh, what. I was looking for in terms of a new and different kind of experience because I didn't really play the original game on PS3. Um, and Rocket League was another one of those games similar to Shovel Knight where I was positive this game was going to be huge. Like the first time I saw it, I was positive. And I remember talking to Greg about it and I was like, this game's going to be gigantic. Um, and it was because it's just fucking fun and it's and it runs well and it's got workable online, which I played quite a bit. Uh, it's got its own single player season mode to keep you kind of engaged uh, if you want to play by yourself against varying uh, strengths of AI. A lot of unlockables and a nice loop there in terms of just unlocking things and, and things unlock randomly. So you can't really kind of gauge what you're going to get next, which I think is fun. Everyone wanted that Team Fat flag. I remember yeah. when Rocket League came out because our Team Fat is is. Um, is in it and people are like how do I unlock the team fat flag I'm like you're going to unlock it first or you're going to unlock it last like <laughs> yeah. or anywhere in between um, but I think Rocket League is just a rock solid game and I think they deserve at Cygnosis um, uh, or Psyonix rather not Cygnosis uh, Psyonix Cygnosis doesn't exist anymore Psyonix um, they came back they, from the dead to make this one game they deserve an incredible amount of, of credit mm. for making a fun dynamic game basically on the side while they were doing contract work for games like Mass Effect um and I was so happy to hear that they spent about $2 million making it, and they made $50 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for them. I mean, they did it, man. I think that's the the thing is the fact that everyone is playing these, that game and still is. Yeah. And it's just like, again, going back to the Twitter thing, because that, that's kind of like what really matters. It's like we talk about all these blockbuster games, but what are people talking about? What are people going back to? And similar to Mario Maker, I think Rocket League is one of those things where it has it got its claws into people and it's not leaving. Sure. Like that's a Smash Bros style game, you know, where it's just people are just going to play forever. Uh, next on my list, and we have different rule sets, which is fine. I'm I'm counting Shovel Knight because I think it's most at home on Vita, um, and uh, that's when I that's where I played it. I platinumed it. This was I I beat the game. A, f- a lot on Wii U and 3DS and, and PC. Not so much on 3DS, but on Wii U and, and PC. Um, we got it early this year. Uh, it's still a masterclass in gaming. Yacht Club knows exactly what they're doing. I won't uh, belabor the point on that game anymore because we talked a little bit about it already. But uh, it is right at home on Vita. That mm-hmm. is where the game belongs. That's where I beat it. 
and uh, you know, ah, it's, just, it's just so good. The Witcher Three um, on my list. Interesting. This is a game that um, you talked shit about nonstop. Yeah, man, and and I still think that it's it's too dense. I don't I don't think it's this you know masterpiece at all. Um, but I do think it's great, and I think that this was the game I played the most this year by far. I played it for about sixty or seventy hours, um, which would have been enough time to have beaten even most open world RPGs, maybe even twice. Um, and I want to give it credit for a few reasons. This was a game that. I had to reflect a lot on and, and we and we and we did and I, and I had time to think about it um, over the months since it's come out six months or so since I even played it and it's and that's not quite true maybe four or five months but it's one of those games that similar to Dying Light as we talked about with Techland uh, the studio delivered a game that I don't think we were, thought they were capable of and it's a game that has a lot of love and thought put into it it's beautiful um it's it's thoughtful it's 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 got some good voice acting and um i don't know i I think that the gameplay maybe left a little bit to be desired for me i think that there's way too much shit in the game for a player like me i just can't ignore that stuff i feel like i'm not getting the full experience i feel like i know a lot of people like to just run through and do the main quest in a lot of those games i just can't play games like that it's just not not the way i play um which is why sometimes i desire a more linear experience um but i think that witcher 3 deserves credit um, not my game of the year, but, but certainly one of the better games I played this year and uh, really excited to see what they do um, with uh, you know their next game and, and, and Witcher will continue as well um, in the future. So interested to see what they do there. Uh, maybe another candidate for my favorite experience of the year is three fourths home. Um, I played it on Vita. It's also available on PC and PS4 and other other platforms. Uh Similar to Journey, it was one of those games I will never play again. There's no reason to play it again. And it, it was an emotional, uh, I don't know, an emotional experience. It really it was a kind of a gut punch for me in some ways. It's, I don't want to ruin the story too much, but it's about a, a, a girl, teen, you know, late teens, early 20s, and her, relation, her relationship really with her family um, experienced largely through a telephone call she has with her family while she's driving. Um, and... Uh, it just hit home for me. I really loved it. I really, really loved it. I was so glad that I played it. Um, it wasn't a game that I was excited about. And I remember we did a let's play for it and we yeah. kind of experienced it. I was like, all right, I've seen enough, but I, I really went back and played it again. And I, I think that it's worth like on a quiet Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, whatever, whatever, you know, day, night, what you want. Like it's a game, just download and play it. Just give it like a, an hour or two and just play it. And I really think you'll like it. My yeah. question for you about it is when you, uh, when you beat journey, you walked away from journey, never touched it again. When you beat Three Fourths Home, did you go back and get the rest of the trophies? Yeah, I did. Okay, me too. Because most of them came like in some sort of and prologue they, system. And it was super easy, yeah, to jump around yeah. and get. Yeah, I know. Which is and and what was interesting was that that that, that playing that those scenes at the bus stop and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of a separate part of the game, really expanded the story and actually made it even more sad. Exactly. Yeah. So I recommend Three Fourths Home. You should check that game out. Uh, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection, uh, I, I include on here. Uh, just really three fantastic games uh i think three is better than two i know that that's a that's a that's a minority opinion but um, not here at this ta- at this table i mean it's still a minority but uh wait no that's not how it works yeah, actually no I'm when tired. there's more than one I'm that's the majority tired. um I'm sorry i didn't mean to be mean no it's okay so i i think that it, it what, what can we say about uncharted that that hasn't already been said it's 
these games are fantastic. They need, they must be played. Um, and some people have problems with the finicky kind of controls. If you're not used to the kind of third person shooters. And, and I, I understand that there are better third person shooters There are third person shooters that I like more on a gameplay level for sure. I, I think vanquish is one of my favorites for instance, or gears. Um, but, uh, storytelling wise pacing set pieces, uh, twists and turns and weirdness, um, that, that kind of Indiana Jones feel. I don't know. I don't, you don't really get much better than uncharted. And that really made me excited for Uncharted 4. And I platinumed 1 and 2 again. So I have 5 Uncharted Platinums now. Very nice. Uh, Until Dawn. um, I would say biggest surprise, but we kind of knew it was going to be good. Uh, But it built slowly. And that was the thing. Yeah, we we had rumblings and all this different stuff. But it was that when we first saw that game, it was a move title. And we're like, okay. And then when it resurfaced, like, that seems cool. And then we played it. And we did that Let's Play on that preview build. And it was like, eh. Frame rate's kind of weird, and then they fixed that even. Yeah. Uh, I think Until Dawn is uh, a phenomenal game. I would call it the best exclusive on PS4 this year, and not that there's like much competition in terms of volume. Um, but it is it is a better Quantic Dream game than Quantic Dream really made, which I think is interesting. And I think that it's a game... It's, it's proof that... It, may, it gives me hope for The Last Guardian in weird ways, because it's proof that... A game can can exist for a long time and even be reworked and remade completely, which Untold On was, and be really good. Mm. Usually, when a game is in development for a long time, it, it could it could it, like with Final Fantasy Fifteen, it could it could be bad. Yeah, not that I'm could saying be. Final Fantasy Fifteen is gonna be bad. I As believe. I said before, I have no I have no doubt that it's gonna be at least good. Um, Twenty fifteen, it's happening. I hope so, just for everyone's sake, so I can stop hearing about it. Um, but. For me, it's it was an example of like we saw this game years ago um, at Comic Con. I want to say five, four or five years ago now, uh, running PlayStation Move game, and it was radically different from what we what we ended up with. And I like that they were smart enough at Sony, Shuhei, and those guys to kind of be like, you know, let's move this PS4, let's get rid of the motion controls, and like let's really dig down on why this game's special. I was surprised that they didn't advertise it more. Um, that was one a huge problem for me uh, in terms of like I don't think they quite understood what they had. Mm-hmm. I think that they felt burned by the order eighteen eighty six and and I think that they which was not a good game at all. And I think that they kind of conflated the way people would feel about both these games being kind of second party exclusives. But I think that they added gold with Until Dawn. I think that they kind of gave it short shrift. I think they probably should have released it closer to Halloween or at least given it another yep. push. So. Um, it's a fantastic game. It's one I recommend. I think it's a fun party game. It's fun to play with people. Definitely. It's fun. There's replay value there. And I agree with what you were saying about it before in the sense that this is obviously going to be an IP. They're going to make a sequel. I don't think there's any chance of the sequel, including the same characters, the same story. I just think that they can make this game every other year. Um, They've already announced it. Until Dawn. Russia Blood. Yeah, Russia Blood, which is hey, a VR which game. Which, honestly, like, it's not what we want. That's a fun game. I don't really? know if you guys... It's, I have yes, played it. I oh, played entirely. It. Yes. It's very, very, oh, okay. very fun. One no of my, one asked you. Out of all the VR games that I've played, it's the most gamey. And it's cool. Okay. It reminds me of arcade games. Does it remind you of that thing you guys do at uh, Disneyland when you go in the Andy's yeah. thing and you're like, pop, 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 the, pop, pop. The, yeah. yeah, like Buzz Lightyear and stuff? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And pop, pop. So until dawn, I mean, I, you guys you guys know what it's all about. I, I, I think that, you know, I think it's a game for many different people. I think it's a game casual gamers can play. I think it's a hardcore 100%. gamers game. I think it's there's no fail state, much like a, a Quantic Dream game like Heavy Gray, and the game just keeps going. Um, so you can theoretically not really do anything in it at all except for move your character and kind of go from point A to point B. But I thought the writing was really clever. I think that the, the writing was really lost on some people. I think that people are like, well, that's weird and it's bad. I'm like, dude, it's supposed to be a fucking teen horror movie. And I know that some people looked at that as being like, well, that's a cop out because that protects them mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. any legitimate sorts of um, 
debate about if 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 the writing's good or 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 mm-hmm. you know things of this nature. And I'm like, eh, let's not think about it too deeply. I mean, it, no, but even more than that, though, is like it's just because something isn't great doesn't mean that it's easy to make something not great. Like, well, then that's the goal. It needs to be good writing to make something that hits that tone. Mm-hmm. You know, like a '90s horror movie. Like a lot of the twists that happen until dawn, they're bad. But that's the point. Yeah, that is you the know? point. And I get that it protects them from from you know uh, controversy in terms of like, well, this is bad. This is bad. And I'm like, well, it's not supposed to be serious. You know, it's it's a fucking teen horror movie. It's a slasher film. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. But that was why it was fun. It doesn't. Since it's so easy to compare both in the ecosystem and, and from developers with Supermassive and Aquatic Dream, and I've, I've made this comparison m- multiple times already today, there's something to be said about... Heavy Rain's a great game. It's one of my favorite games on PS3. I think that Beyond Two Souls, it was a failure largely. I think it made no sense, and I think that it was just... I have no idea why it was out of order, and which they acknowledge themselves when they let you put it in order in P- on PS4, which I thought was funny as hell because I was like, that was obviously one of the weird things about that game that a lot of people complain about. Um, but when you have an air of pretension about your games like they do... Um, and you're you have a pretension about the way you know you do games whether it's good or bad because i actually really like david cage um but there's a pretension about the way we deliver these games the experience and the art or whatever well i think people nail your game a little harder and i think the way supermassive talked about until dawn and kind of just you know when they showed it at psx for the first time playable um and people were in the crowd were really into it i think that that showed like how you might want to treat games like this um mm-hmm. and i'll be i'll be really interested to see with detroit which is quantic dreams next game the ps4 exclusive what they've learned because if they're smart and they are they should look at until dawn as a game they can learn a great deal from because they are no longer the the leading pioneers of that kind of game mm-hmm. and, that, and that, that was that's so i don't know if greg agrees but that that surprised me it was it was they no longer they are no longer untouchable in that sense and they and they are certainly not del- delivering the best 100 percent. you figure they stumbled with beyond two souls uh regardless if you think it was good or bad you know what i mean like i think you know that it was a mixed reaction whereas heavy rain was pretty much universally praised and was like their real breakout hit right i mean they had done games before then that people loved but not on that scale i don't think and so yeah they were weak for a moment there and then you did have until dawn come in but they until dawn and you know these guys could easily be what quantic dream was with heavy rain right screw up the next one do this Mm -hmm. you it will be interesting to see with detroit how much they've learned and what they come out and how they message the game and do different things with it and the final game on my list is uh, Zeo Drifter, uh, which I played on Vita, but you can play it on Nintendo platforms. I think it's on PC. I think it's also on PS4. Uh, Zeo Drifter is like a bite size. I, what I thought was clever about it was it was it's a bite size Metroidvania game. You can beat it in like under an hour if you wanted to. Um, but you can spend a few hours with it if you really need to. It's basically four kind of disparate planets. Um, it is a uh, Renegade Kid game, so it is very pixelated and very stylized. And uh, you basically just jump from place to place and get new abilities that then let you go back to other planets and and get further and further into the stages until you beat the, you know fight, fight the final boss and beat the game. It's a lot of palette swapping with enemies and even bosses. It is not a huge game by any stretch of the imagination, but I kind of lost myself to it when I played it and uh, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, it's funny because it was one of the first games we played when we actually broke off in January, mm. uh, and then I, I I played on Steam and I'm like I don't really get it. It's it's a game you have to kind of think about a little bit, uh, but once you get it, I, I came into Vita later and I, I played it again and I really enjoyed it. And I, I highly recommend it. It's Zio with an X XEO Drifter, um, and uh, I really really enjoyed that game. So I think that uh, people will like that. If you're looking, it's not like Symphony of the Night or Shadow Complex. It's maybe more akin to Shadow Complex because you can beat that game quickly too. But it's it's not like uh, the Strider remake or or Symphony of the Night or any of those kinds of games where it's going to take you. 10 15 20 25 hours to be like there's no way it takes you more than a few hours mm-hmm. um unless you're just terrible at it uh so i would i would go down that direction uh zero drifter is my final game of the year for 2015 awesome great hey how are you 
top 10 favorite games of 2015. Do we want to check in? We do want to check Patreon. in. On Patreon.com slash kind of funny. How things going? Nick? Nick is updating. He's holding his hand up. $80 away. $80 away from $45,000, which would guarantee us... Six episodes. Correct. Half the season. Right. I'm kind of funny, the animated we're, season. We're yeah, so if we get to, what is it, 46? Yeah, 46. If we get to 46,000, we're going to wax Greg. Part of me. Part of Greg. Okay. Yeah, not all of you. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. Well, your nimbly bits Spill. will be okay. Okay, okay, good. Well, I didn't know well. where you're waxing, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, where I'm going. not sure either. We'll okay. figure it out. I'm Remember, not sure it's going to be me either. If you're watching this in January, please go to kindoffunny.com. No, damn it. Patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Donate there. All the money we raise in January on patreon.com slash kindoffunny goes to making the animated series a reality. Right now, we're in the middle of live streaming. Yes. The, you are, I mean, we're recording this, mm-hmm. keeping it very profesh, but we're also streaming it on Twitch, where we're asking people not to sub to us or donate to us there. Go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Give us your money there. Lovely. Let it roll till February. My... Top 10 games of the year. I had one honorable mention. Then this guy comes in and ruins it. So I moved it to three on the fly. Go for it. So there you go. First honorable mention that would have for sure cracked this list if it had come earlier and I had time to digest it. Life is strange. Mm. Caveat, it did come earlier. I just didn't play it till this break. Life is Strange, I had heard so many good things about. Uh, I had played episode one upon release, not knowing much about it. So when you got to like some of the twists at the end and stuff, I was like, this is weird and I don't know how I feel about it. And so then just by happenstance, all the other episodes piled up. This uh, break, I sat down and played through them all and blown away. Such a great game. So much fun. <coughs> love the story. Love the characters. Love the world. Just this little seaside town or whatever. And again, I don't. it's one of those I don't want to go in and knock off one of these games that I've thought about to put it in there. So it has to be an honorable mention, but it would have for sure made my top 10 list. A lot of people have recommended me to play that Oh, you game. dig it. Yeah, you would dig it a lot. I hear yeah, they yeah. say hella a lot. They do say hella a lot. Chloe says hella a lot. I'm going to do it. You're a big hella fan? I am. All right, cool. So play Life is Strange, everybody. That's getting a disc-based release in the, oh, cool. now in the new year anyway, so like you can discs. get there too. Uh, next honorable mention, alphabetical order, of course. Mm-hmm. Taco, motherfucking master. Good Lord, Greg. You're I, unstoppable. I don't, he can put Here's a Loot on there. Nobody gives him shit. Another iOS game All just right. ported over that's super simple and doesn't mean much. Taco Master, fun, three bucks, a platinum in an afternoon. What else could I want out of a, uh, for the Vita? Something I can then, because I, you know what I did with it? I took it to Star Wars and platinumed it waiting for Star Wars to start. Sounded perfect. It was great. You know yeah. what I mean? Going with the right expectations, you're going to have fun with Taco Master. Greg Miller's honorable mention number two of the year. Did you make it hit the, the charts? We don't know yet. Okay. I, I, have, I have a feeling when they, when they release digital sales on the PSN of what charted for the month, Taco Master should be on there for the Vita games. And it's going to be a thousand percent because of us. That's amazing. Because if you didn't know. Because of you. Take some credit for that. Because of me. And if you didn't know, <laughs> yeah, it's because no everyone who owns a Vita and wants to play Vita games watches kind of funny. And so when they hear us say, hey, there's this Vita game everybody should play. Everybody's like, oh, okay, cool. Just like that uh, trail, cold Trails of Steel. What mm-hmm. is it? That supposedly is JRPG Steel, on Vita. I'm trying to get a copy right now. And even then, I'm going to be behind on it. But that's supposed to be really good, too. So everybody keep your eye on that one. And then third honorable mention, Witcher 3. Mm. Witcher 3. Uh, this year. I really, I was, you know, in the mood. Oh, we hit 45? Hit. 45, everybody, been hit. $45,000 on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Thank you very much, Twitch people who are watching this live. People who are watching this or listening to it later as a gamescast, please consider going to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, supporting Nick Scarpino's dream for an animated series. We want to get 12 episodes. We're halfway there. We are. Uh, Witcher 3, 
came about this year. And this year, I think when we knew, or at least had been, had the, you know, Colin was right moment, even before we had the Colin was right and we just had the prediction of Fallout 4 coming that year, I was like, yes, that sounds so awesome. I want an open world to get lost in and take quests and wander around and do all these different things. And, and Witcher 3 came in the summer before we got that, before we got Batman. And I saw it, and the more I heard about it and saw videos for it, I was like, I don't like fantasy. It's just not my thing. I don't like magic. I don't like medieval times kind of crap. You know what I mean? But it looked fun. And I got it, played it for 25, 30 hours, and I had a great time with it. And it's weird because now that I'm starting to knock things off my you know, list, my backlog now, or at least, I feel myself being a bit drawn back to it. Of like, mm. I want to go check in and see what's up and go a little bit further, especially because I watched uh, Christine's game, favorite games of the year, right? And obviously, she's a huge Witcher fan. And what I never... Just Witcher. <laughs> yeah, Witcher no, over no. and over again. What I'd never heard her talk about, and she talked about in the video, was the fact that, yeah, Act 1 does go on too long, but Act 2 and 3 pick up and get crazy, and that's really where it is. And I was like, oh, well, fuck. I never I got out Act 1 or whatever. You know what I mean? I was running around. I'd like to see why so many people when we say not my game leader freak out about it so yeah. many people lose their shit and say it's the best and i've put hundreds of hours in it and i beat it i couldn't believe the ending i'm like all right maybe i should get give it another shot and maybe i'll have some time but probably not because you no. know Spoilers. taco master 2 got to be coming eventually that's true so now we're into top 10 alphabetical order that means batman arkham knight's at the top of the list now what i find interesting about batman arkham knight is when I talk about it and when we've talked about it before and da 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 I always feel like I talk about the negatives first. You know what I mean? I don't like the bat. I don't like the tank. I didn't like, I didn't like fucking strafing around shooting 43 things out of the sky and these guys shooting missiles at me and all that dumb shit. You know, I didn't like the fact that they, I always say lied, but I say it in a joking way that, you know, they said, oh, Arkham Knight's a character of our own creation. And then it wasn't, and I'm not going to spoil it, but you know, it was like, oh, and it was like choreographed, like they telegraphed it way early. The thing, here's the thing. In I'm gonna spoil Batman Arkham Origins. Batman Arkham Origins was set up as this is a game about Black Mask hiring all these people. And you're like, that sounds pretty cool. And you played Arkham Origins, and I think it was in the first hour, but maybe the first hour and a half, where it's like, ha, no, it's not. I'm the Joker, and this is the Joker's origin story. And you were like, holy fuck. That was like, well, yes, yes, a million times. And you played through it, and it was awesome, and it doesn't get enough credit as a game or Batman Joker story, because it's amazing. Arkham Knight went the opposite way of like, we, you think this guy's a new guy, but he's not. And they did that seven or eight hours in or whatever the hell it was and i'd figured it out at hour two mm-hmm. and you're like oh like well is there any real like and i feel like that's what i talk about and part of that is the fact that batman games are good great or great games or whatever you wanted to call them right they're everybody like most everybody not call you don't just like the combat usually uh most everybody likes batman they're positive but at the third one what you know i mean what are we there's only so much left of the good stuff to say like the expectations start getting so high you get into an uncharted 3 situation where you know no matter what it's the negatives that are going to stand out but i i mean i loved the gameplay i love the world beautiful the story is good Uh, there are some great twists and turns that i didn't see the one thing i always i love about rocksteady and i don't know if i'll forget it again but i feel like with every one of the batman games they did in their arkham trilogy is the fact that you play it and it's just a regular Batman game for so long and then there's always something, some crazy thing they do where like, you know, in the in Arkham Asylum, right, where you all of a sudden start walking around as Bruce Wayne, you know what I mean, after his parents get shot and you're baby Bruce Wayne or whatever. Or, you know, then in Arkham City you get dropped into the Mad Hatter's thing and it's all a twist around and it's like, 
for so long it's just been I'm running around fighting criminals and all of a sudden now I'm in this weird world of the scarecrow missions where he's stabbing the ground and stuff like you don't see that coming and Arkham Knight did that again in two different ways that I want to spoil and I was like oh shit that was really cool and I didn't expect that you mm-hmm. know what I mean and I loved it I also as always I'm one of the few people I ever see defending the season pass in their DLC uh, I bought the season pass originally in the beginning it delivered what my expectations were for it you know what I mean if not even a little bit more and the fact that I bought it because I was excited for Batgirl's mission they said they're gonna do some character missions and then some stuff at the end I was waiting for all that but lo and behold I found myself every time I jump in to play Nightwing's 20 or 30 minute mission or whatever the hell it was I'd beat that and then I'd go out and be like all right and I have all these Batmobiles and Mm -hmm. I have all these challenges and I'm like oh that silver isn't that hard to get I should try and I have all those trophies now you know what I mean I looked at my game clock and it was something like I platinumed Arkham Knight then did all the DLC trophies and before I got I probably put like 75 or 80 hours in Arkham oh Knight, God. according to it. You know what I mean? Maybe, you know, 70 to 80, we'll say somewhere in there, based on the fact that I think it was 64 before I really launched into the DLC over. And that's preposterous. I did not expect that when we were talking about Arkham Knight, when we were looking into Arkham Knight ahead of time. You know what I mean? I thought I'd play it for that summer period before Metal Gear and in between, in before, or after Witcher. And so to come back and actually use this season pass is something weird for me because I buy them a lot. Where I'm like, I like your game and I want to support you. You know what I mean? Like Witcher is one of those ones. I don't know if I'll ever get to the content. Kingdoms of Amala Reckoning, I did the same thing. I don't know if I'll ever really get to that content. And here I did. That was cool. Uh, next one on my list of my real top 10, number two, but not ordered, alphabetical. Emily's Away. We've already talked about it. You hit the nail on the head. Like that game, I talk about it. You know, when I talk about that game and write about that game, what I say is like, we sat down to play this game and it turned out that it was a time machine. Like playing that game, and picking your buddy icon and typing, like I am immediately, and I, it's one of those, it's such a Greg memory that it's hard to explain, but I am taken back to my desk at Mizzou where I had freshman year taken out, I'd find funny things and cut them out and then tape them to my desk and I had my giant Toshiba laptop here and my window out to the wall in front of Hatch Dormitory. And I am there talking to my high school friends and misconnection high school girls where it was like you know what i mean like we i didn't know what i was doing they didn't know what they're doing a lot of sups sup exactly yeah Yeah. you know and like when we like started clicking through and seeing people's away messages and their profile where they're they're quoting a band and they're doing this and it's like right like it was such it was it was a literal time capsule where you know what i mean like all of a sudden i am back in 2002 i am right there you know what i mean i'm watching i'm back in 2001 i forget when it's actually set i know it's early 2000s but for me i'm back in 2001 right where i like they had the blink 182 take off your pants and jacket like album cover as a buddy icon and i so distinctly remember seeing them at the warp tour and having that album and in my freshman uh year roommate that was assigned to me through mizzou like being oh i like blink 182 oh you have that one i have this version like talking about that and that was something talked about you know what i mean like that's a really good point it's not only did they nail the the aim aspects of it and the buddy icons and the message and stuff it's like the time machine thing of having the the icons, like you didn't choose your icon. It was, well, you didn't like make your own or whatever. It's like yeah. you chose from a list and that list was just a bunch of like 2004 things. Like these are the albums that came out then. And we had fun looking at them and being like, all right, this is Eminem. This is, you know, Black Eyed Peas. This is whatever. Yeah, yeah. What is that? What is yeah, that? Yeah, we and called like, Colin for one of like, them. Oh, yeah. It's and like, that's cool. You know, like they, yeah. they nailed it and they nailed it away where it's like, you, the game just made you think differently. It made you think like, wow, okay, wh- what was happening? Yeah. Then? You know, like what did my iPod look like? Yep. Then? Yep. And that's the thing on, a, on you know, we, uh, on our sister podcast, the game over Greggy show, we've talked about nostalgia a lot. You know what I mean? And this game made me nostalgic for things I didn't realize I missed or that, cause like who would ever think that like, 
I would miss the AIM sound effects or what, yeah, how, like, the little pixelated logos or anything. You know I mean, it's, like, stuff that, like, if you were to talk to me about AIM, I would list a million, I would miss, list a million things to tell you stories, but not the, the feeling of using the program. Mm. And this nailed that. And then, yeah, to have the conversations and you and me are, like, trying to not, we're trying to play this, like, emotional chess match, right, with this girl where yeah. it's, like, we don't want to pick wrong because we're not trying, like, the way the whole thing that's you know, it's just so amazing. Good. Amazing. Uh, next on my list of top 10, Fallout 4. Uh, Fallout 4, for me, you know, I, I think the the most telling conversation we had about it was leading into the games cast when you were talking to Colin and I about it before we had it. And you're like, well, what does it need to do to be great? Or what is it? And I'm like, right now, my expectation is it's going to be a souped up version of Fallout 3. It'll look better, run better, be like Fallout 3. And then that'll be, make a great game. And for it to be amazing... It'll do something I'm not prepared for, and I don't know, and that's what will blow me away with it, right? And now looking back at Fallout 4, having the Platinum Trophy, being excited for the DLC, it did the first thing. It just was a souped-up version of Fallout 3, which is great. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a knock on it. It just never jumped to this thing where I was like, oh, my God, I can't. You know what I mean? It added the base-building stuff, which I hate, which I think is poorly executed and wasn't fun and i didn't really put any time into it until i needed the trophy and then it turned out that it sucked doing it that way you know Mm -hmm. what i mean there was no for me and maybe i missed it even though i like i said had the platinum played that game in a million different ways there was no draw to go do base building until you needed that trophy and like Mm -hmm. that sucked you know what i mean and it sucked not being able to make things the way you really wanted them to look or line up walls i remember when i started doing it like the walls aren't snapping to corners the right way so you have these janky houses and i'd complain about it online people like well it's post-apocalyptic it's supposed to look i'm like i get that but like well, that's not what I want right now. You know what I mean? I don't want it to look like porcelain, fine glass in China or something. I want it to look, you know, like there's a straight corner. It's it's dumb, but it like took me out of it. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to yeah. do this. And I ran, ran around the countryside and did a million things. And I love that. I had such a great time with that. You know what I mean? And that's why it's there. And that's why I love it. But it really is like it's more Fallout 3. And that's great. And that's what I wanted. But I always feel like when I talk about it, it's like, all right, yeah, it's what you expected. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We knew who they were. We let him off the hook. Mm-hmm. You want to crown its ass? Crown its ass. Denny uh, Green. Next one up on my list, IDARB. Mm. Uh, like, yeah, I think we, t- you know, you talked about it. We talked about it. IDARB, so much fun to play. You know what I mean? Like, that was when we, uh, for me, it'll always be one of the solidifying moments of what kind of funny games was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We, we, literally a year ago today, we launched all this and then started trying to figure out what we were and how we did Let's Plays. And when we did that first Let's Play, and we were like, what is this game? Okay, boy. And then it was like there was that switch where like, holy shit, we need more controllers. Get all eight controllers. We all need, you know what I mean? It was like, this is amazing. It's so much fun. And it's mm-hmm. it, it strikes me in the same vein as Rocket League where you can take the controller and you can play it and you can jump in and you can have a great time. And then you can also sit there and spend hours getting amazing at it and then be on a whole different level. But either way, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Loved the characters, loved having being able to play as Invincible in a video game. You know what I mean? Loved the fact that people could create us and send in all this different stuff. Had an amazing time with it. Uh, next up in my top 10 in alphabetical order, Lego Dimensions. Of course. I, you say of course, and it's like Lego Dimensions for me was such a slow sell. You know what I mean? And it's because I'm a big Lego game fan, period. But when they did that trailer that was like, we're getting into, you know, the Toys of Life genre or whatever, I was like... Okay, cool. And we were doing Colin and Greg live and people were, and I was like, we're talking about it and Colin, you know, Colin read the story. We watched the trailer and he's like, so what do you think, Greg? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I say, I'm like, I don't know. Check it out as it gets closer. I like TT games, but 
for them to for me to be guaranteed to buy it, they need to put Superman and Ghostbusters yeah. in it. And then the chat was like, they tease those at the end of the trailer. You just watched, but you cut it off early. I was like, well, all right, I'm in. You know what I mean? And then at Comic-Con, I finally got to play it and see it in action. And I was like, oh, it's the Lego games. You know what I mean? And I remember getting the demo. And the guy's like, well, what did you think it was going to be? And I'm like, I don't know. Like Disney Infinity. Like the other Toys to Life stuff. That's- Disney Infinity's fine, but it's very basic. And it's running around. It's doing this. And like, I didn't expect it was going to be that you're taking the Lego games of different genres, shoving them together, and then giving me minifigs. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's cool. And I was like, all right, that, now I'm more excited for this game I already said I was going to buy, and I was taking photos of, like, Chell and all these different characters. And then you jump to when they came in to do the stream with us here on uh, twitch.tv slash games. And when they came in and sat down and actually played it and let me do it, and they started from the beginning, and they're like, all right, and now, like, they, you know, faked it because we were doing a stream, but, like, they pulled up the thing and like, otherwise you'd have to go through this instruction. I'm like, wait, you build the toys while you're playing the game? And they're like, yeah. And then I was like watching, like we're in the back to the future level and it's got like the out of time logo and that. And it's Huey Lewis and the news is playing as you go around Hill Valley Square. And then you go to the future and you go way back to the old West. And I was like, I can't fucking believe this. And they're like, yes, it's almost like we actually care. And you're like, yeah, that's the thing. You're like, I'm not knocking anybody who makes licensed games or anything, but this one had every one of the levels in Lego dimensions and I don't mean the level packs I mean the stuff that's built on the disc with the three three characters it's built with the love and passion of the other Lego games mm. you know what I mean the other Lego games I fall in love with when I play a Star Wars or a DC one right where it's like there's all these little things they're all there and that you know then you play it and it's one of the rare occasions where I'm playing something like that and it works in reverse where I played the Doctor Who level and I was like huh Doctor Who seems, seems kind of cool. And I went and watched Doctor Who level. And I was like, eh. and then I bought the Doctor Who level pack. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it, it works. They gotcha. Where, yeah. You know what I mean? And I want to watch more, even though I'm just bored. But I watched that one, they, that crossover Doctor Who they had with uh, Jessica Jones. That was really interesting. Next game on my list. It was a joke. I got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 5. Uh, there's not much left to say about Metal Gear Solid 5. You talked a lot about it. You meant you brought up the gameplay loop. You know, I had to go back to another one. This was a, a, a sell for me, honestly. When, when Ground Zeroes had come out at IG, I was at IGN. I was on the hosting duties already, so I wasn't like going to preview events and stuff. And so I remember, I think it was Mitch came back and said, "You are gonna love this. It's Peace Walker." You know what I mean? And I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then Ground Zeroes came out, and I took a day off work to play that and Titanfall and stream them. And I put Ground Zeroes in, and I got through the main mission, and then I tried to do all the side stuff, and I was like, "Oh, like." I'm getting captured every five seconds. I feel totally impotent in this game. And like the way the concrete walls go up there on the side, I'm like, it doesn't feel freeing. It feels more constricting. You know what I mean? And I'd never, I'd, it was like, whatever. And so then when we left a year ago today and I got invited down to that preview thing, I went down preview like, this is cool. I'm excited to play. And then it was like, you played that. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is awesome. And I came back and told you like, mm-hmm. unless Fallout does something, that's going to be my game of the year. You know what I mean? And then to go and play it and then be whatever, 120, 30 hours into it now, it's just like that game for me is, you know, incredible. It's amazing. You know what I mean? And it's like what you said, uh, and I'm one of the guys who says it, like, I don't think the story's that great. You know, I don't think the story's bad. I don't think it's like memorable Metal Gear. You know what I mean? I don't think it's like changing the life, but the gameplay, like, you know what I mean? Even when we sat down and did the extra life stream and I was back here trying to platinum it, I'm, I'm picking up and jumping in and immediately it's just like, oh, this is, feels so good. You know what I mean? This is so much fun to tackle these ops from different things and do this. And I'm going to change my loadout. And it's just like, yes, this is Peace Walker. Ground, uh, Ground Zeroes wasn't. I think Phantom Pain is. And that's why I like it. Uh, next up, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Shout out to Nicole Tan. Um, beautiful game. Uh, another game that I think really nails a gameplay loop. You know what I mean? Like, all right, you're into this new environment. You come in and it's like, 
great, here's your little mission, there's your main mission, you do the little mission, which gives you another little mission, which gives you another little mission, here are the coin caches, and here's this thing, oh, there's a tomb over here, oh, and like, hour and a half later, like, whoa, oh, the main mission, right, I'm supposed to do that, but I'm so close, you hit pause, and you see all the one out of fives, and th- oh, I got four out of five here, I might as well try to find this last relic, or, and I'd really like to get my Russian boosted up a bit, so I can, d- it's like, hell yeah, this game's awesome, you know what I mean, like, mm. that is, and this is what I always say, and it gets me a lot of hate, I really wish that would have come to PlayStation because I'd love to add that Platinum to my collection. Like, I, there's so many other things I want to play that I don't want to invest in Xbox to get the 1,000 points because I'm just not an achievement guy. You know what I mean? But playing through that game, I'm, it, it was just so good. It was so much fun to play. Story again, though, totally forgettable. I feel like playing through it and they're like, well, well, and I was like, okay. And then they reintroduce this guy that you saw in the very beginning and he says something and she's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, right, you were in, you were in the first Tomb Raider, weren't you? Fuck, I don't remember any of you guys except the guy with the escape shirt. Did he even live? I don't know. Whatever. You all suck. Next up, another Xbox One exclusive slash on PC as well. State of Decay, year one survival edition. My story with State of Decay is uh, at IGN. McCaffrey and I had done a bunch of Let's Plays for it. Uh, It came out on 360 and PC, and it came out, I think, right before or literally right after E3. And so I was exhausted when I came back from E3 try to play it. And I was like, I don't want to play right now. I'll get back to it. Never got back to it. Mm. So when State of Decay Survival Edition came out, I was like, yeah, all right, cool. And then, yeah, that was two weeks of my life. Just bashing zombies in the head, clearing off things. Because it was just, it was scratching all the needs I, or things or the itches I wanted from open world games of, here's the map and I'm putting a big X over this building. I've searched everything in that building and now I'm going to go do that. And in between those, you're taking your rucksack back to base and doing this and killing a zombie and, oh wait, there's somebody over there and there's a horde. And you know what I mean? Like, I existed in that world. This was a year where I just wanted to get into games and exist in them. VR, right? Next one. Tales from the Borderlands. Oh, man. What? The pause after Tales for a second. I was like, thought you were fucking around. Oh, no. Thought you were going with some Tales of whatever the hell. Oh, ta- <laughs> Tales of Exilia. <laughs> no, Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, you know, for Tales of the Borderlands, like, I like Telltale. Uh, I don't play Telltale games that don't interest me. So, you know, I didn't. I don't like Wolf Among Us. Didn't play it. I, you know, I've tried episode one. Wasn't my bag. Tried uh, Game of Thrones episode one. Just not my bag. I'm not fans of those universes necessarily. Meanwhile, Walking Dead, I'm going to jump into and be crazy with, right? Tales from Borderlands came out, though, and it was the same thing. I was just like, I've never given a shit about... I, I love playing Borderlands because I love co-op games with Christine and getting cool guns and leveling up and doing all that stuff. I've never cared about the universe. You know what I mean? Like, that's never... I'm like, oh, tell me a story in the Borderlands universe. I was like, whatever. It came out, downloaded it, and it just sat on my PS4 forever. And then there was some day we had had here that went poorly. And I was bent out of shape and grumpy at the end of the night. And I was out here and it was one of those I wanted probably Fallout. And nothing is not out. Nothing's filling that, you know, void of what I want to play. And I eventually came through the rotation on the PlayStation 4. And I was like, Tails, like, sure, I'll give this a shot. And I was totally thinking it's going to be, it's going to be a Game of Thrones. It's going to be a Wolf Among Us where I'll play episode one and be like, this is not for me. And instead, 15 minutes later, I'm laughing and I'm totally into it. And I love the characters. And then every episode after that, came out and was hilarious and funny and endearing and like i still sit here and i, I talk about you know loader bot when he's like it's a mixed bag and the, your introduction of or introduction of gordis and stuff like that and it's just like this is awesome like there's so much comedy in that game that's so well done like and it was so it's my surprise of the year like mm. you were talking earlier in the show which seems like a year and a half ago. I know. But it's ridiculous. It was, we have so much to say about the games we love. Tales blew me away. Wasn't yeah. expecting it to be that great, and it was awesome. I want to give a shout out to Game of Thrones. 
Just real quick. Good. I only played the first episode, but I enjoyed it. And I was one of those things, oh, I'll get to it when it's done. And then yeah. I, I, guess, I guess it's done now. I think so, yeah. Christine played through it. it. Is, there's six episodes. I yeah. This one. And then final one, because uh, the alphabetical list, Until Dawn. And that mm-hmm. one, for sure, I don't have to beat. We all love Until we, Dawn. We We've it. talked about Until Dawn. I, I, I was upset when I, we did the live stream for Extra Life when I was over here trying to stay awake and I kept taking cat naps. And I, I don't know what made me think this, but you're getting close to the ending and I just wanted to see your final confrontation in that house because I was enjoying watching you play, period. Because uh-huh. it's fun after your first playthrough to watch other people and be like, oh, they don't know what's about to happen. You know, oh, I didn't do that. What's, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you were, and I just, I'm like, I just want to see who survives. I'm like, I'll take, I'll shut my eyes and I'll totally wake up before and I woke up as the credits are rolling. I'm like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> but yeah, Until Dawn's great. Yeah, it is awesome. All right, let's check in real quick. Where are we at with stuff, Kevin? Can you give us any? Anything Here, I'll look. Kevin's looking I'll at look a book. Admit. He can't help you. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, no, sorry, I'm, Kevin. I didn't know what you. Don't ever apologize. You're perfect. Two hundred and fifty-six dollars. All right. So eight hundred dollars away from having to wax me. I, I want to wax you so bad. Please don't right? wax me. It's gonna be great. All right, moving on to the final topic, the big one. Kind of funny games. Game of the year, twenty fifteen. Let's start this off just by talking about what is that? What yeah. What do we do? E- what does that even mean? You know, do you yeah. have any thoughts in your head of what that should look like? Because what we did last year, it was uh, on January 5th, actually. We put out a first Gamescast topic. I think the first Gamescast topic ever was what's the game of the year 2015. Yeah. Or 2014. And we all just kind of gave our personal ones. Our one personal one. And that was it. Sure. We could do that again. Or we could do that and then kind of pick argue one about what the one kind of funny games one is. Or I don't know. Nick. Yeah. What's your game of the year? Metal Gear. Okay. Yeah. Nick's is Metal Gear. So just, yeah. just so everyone knows. For, so it was either it was down to Metal Gear and Axiom Verge. No, was Axiom Verge is a great game, but it was down to Metal Gear and Arkham. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you played Arkham too. I forgot about that. Which was phenomenal, and I agree with everything. Yeah. It's fine. Don't worry. We hear you. We love you. I got to give it to Metal Gear. All right. Metal Gear. I mean, I don't know. Like, the thing about it is, I always I appreciate one award. You know what I mean? But the problem is, like, are we those? Is that what we are? No. I mean, I think, you know, I, honestly, what, well, I guess we did that, though. I was, I was going to say what we should do is what we did at E3, where we put up all the individual faces, so we each had one. But then we did come down to a game of the show there. It's yeah. just one of those things of, I don't, do we, I mean, like, I like celebrating. And, like, what you just said, you want to argue about it? No, under no fucking, yeah, I yeah, hate yeah. that. I hate but saying, I mean, like, I love this game. And somebody being like, well, I didn't. And me being like. Well, Colin doesn't like mustard, and I do, but I don't think we're going to sit here and decide yeah. if mustard's the condiment yeah, of the year. Yeah, it was always, I mean, kind of knowing how the sausages was made, having voted on Game of the Year many times, it's just, it just doesn't mean anything, really. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, like, it's, it's just we can celebrate several games, or we can each have our own individual game, which I think makes sense. Um, and I just think that it's, it's, it's just an old way of looking at things, mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion. It's, it's... Why can't there be three or five games of the year? Yeah. Why does why does everything like what is one things? You know, no, I get I, I, it. I, I, it. It I respect makes sense. That I appreciate but, that. But what I do like about the way we do things, and we even do this when we review movies or review games or stuff, we don't give the score. We just discuss it. Yeah. And I think I like the idea of kind of funny's game of the year being the discussion. You know, it's like sure. us kind of just putting it all out there. Now we all put out our ten favorite, but it's like I feel like I want to hear each of your kind of internal debates on what is game of the year for year. us personally. Yes, sure. Mine's Metal Gear, and there's no debate. Like no there's debate. literally nothing that I thought held held a candle to it, and I and I'll, I mean and that's all, and that's always funny to say because I know 
I was looking at the chat when we were going, like, did any of them play Undertale? It's like, no, no, we didn't. You know what I mean? And that's on my list of shit to play, just like Life is Strange is. But Again, just, Life is Strange and Undertale are the two that I'm like, people keep recommending. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, that actually does. Right. But cool. it's just one of those things. You can't play everything. You're drawn to what you're drawn to, all these different things. And like, yeah, like I kept waiting and thinking and, you know, I was like, all right, you know, knowing Batman was coming. I was like, it, for me, it was like, I remember saying Witcher's my game of the year, right? When it was Witcher, and I kept saying because of where we are, well, you put a, dying light. You put a gun, and then Witcher, exactly, because you then. you you go as you go, because yeah. you actually play things, and you know games start coming out, and so. But Witcher, and that's what's weird. I I always feel like if we were, if you know, if we were talking about internal debate, if we were at IGN still, and we were sitting around the table and stuff, you know, it comes down to what are the nominees, what where are we coming, where do we vote? You know what I mean? And that's when I feel, and that's where I always, you know, a lot of people don't agree with me on this. That's where you put in your critic hat a bit more, I think. You know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, well, Witcher didn't connect with me, but as looking at the game and this, that, and the other, I can see the scope and why people love it and da 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 Maybe that gets into the argument. But for me, when we're talking about our favorites and now kind of funny and for my personal game of the year, nothing. Nothing got close to Metal Gear. No game captured my attention more. I didn't have f- more fun with a game for you know that those amount of hours. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just so weird because it's just... On paper, I shouldn't like Metal Gear that much. You know what I mean? It doesn't have Hater, who is Snake to me. It doesn't have the Metal Gear story, which is what Metal Gear is to me. But it has this gameplay that I just can't get enough of. And, like, you know, it's one of those things. Nick always gives me crap over there. He's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're never going to platinum Metal Gear, though, right? And I'm like, I'm, no, I'm going to platinum. Like, Metal Gear is a game I will legitimately get back to. And I'm not, it's not just one of those, like, oh, I really wish I could get back to The Witcher. And I think about it, like, no, no, there's going to be a plan one day to do it but i'm just in no hurry for it but mm-hmm. i know i'm ready whenever it's a chance yeah what you were saying about the the critic thing like i do that a lot too because i like to think about games as a as a whole and that's kind of why we do this show you know and for me when, when i was thinking about game of the year i'm like all right what what am i gonna say you yeah. know and i feel like there's the obvious answer for me mario maker sure right then there's the the other answer that's like uh, oh well tim also really likes Metal Gear solid five so that makes sense but in terms of the game of the year, if I had to, to do the critic thing and like the, the IGN thing, I think Rocket League is the game of the year. There's definitely the an argument that there. That is, I'd say, the game of 2015. Like, sure. So many people love it so much and it connected with so many people that it's like, it's like Kanye West, you know, when he has a year, whether or not you like him, it's like he's the, the artist of the year. Everybody's talking about We're it. Whatever. Gamer and I think that Rocket League is a great example of that. Came out of nowhere. It has all the recipes for, for what you know, the game of the, if there's one game you're going to play this, year, you should know about this, yep. you know? And I think that's a great nominee. Having said that, it didn't connect with me in, in that way. Yeah. Like we did the let's plays and stuff and it's very fun. I feel like if I gave that game more time and if I played it on, on one screen instead of a split screen and all that stuff and just kind of sank some time into it, I feel like I would fall in love with it. Totally. Um, Rocket League is definitely one of those two ships in the night kind of thing. Cause we had been totally, this game's great. You know, Colin came back and told me, Hey, Jeremy's game is really good. And I was like, really? And then we we played it, and then they came onto the stream, and we had so much fun playing it locally. And we were talking a big game about it coming out. Like, we're going to play a lot of this, and we're going to do this, this. But then it came out right in the heat of, okay, now we're going to a million conventions. This And, and like it would be one of those things you'd come back and, like, We'd all get back and you just want some alone time. You, you put that game in, but you're getting your teeth kicked in. Like, I, there was games where I jumped in and played, and I was just getting destroyed. And it's like, I know why this game's fun, but in the same way of, like, when Mitch is like, Dota gets really good 15 hours in. I'm like, I don't have time to get good enough at this to have that fun. I want fun now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, and yeah, for me, I feel like I could have that fun now. Even if I put the two hours in, it's just that never happens. But I, I do think that the that, that Rocket League, I want to give the, the, the critic in me the like the nod. 
for like sure. I think that that would be a good a good vote. Sure, I definitely think that's a contender. Um, but yeah, having said that, for me, it, it is between Mario Maker and Metal Gear Solid, and I've been debating this in the shower a lot because I was like, I knew we were doing this show, and I was like, I don't know what I want to put out there if I had to choose one. Because my thing is, Mario Maker is everything I ever wanted. It's just unlimited Mario, whether it's Mario One, Three, World, yeah, or New Super Mario Bros. And it's like that's crazy, like. I would have never thought we'd get that officially from Nintendo. Yeah, we get the ROM hacks and all that stuff, but like this is just unlimited Mario made by awesome people doing different things. And then the thing that sold me on the game even more is when I realized it's not just Mario. It's not just Mario levels. These are Mario levels that are made, at least early on, without checkpoints, which changes it drastically. You know, this is Mario where you're playing Mario 1, but you can go left. You yeah, know? yeah, you yeah. can make it more vertical. You can do all these things. And it's like people started fucking with the physics of what a Mario game is. And all of a sudden these became Mario challenges instead of Mario levels. Yeah. Cause levels you need to build and learn things to be able to pass the next level and whatever. This is just not, there's you have one level to teach you all that and go through that kind of uh, difficulty curve and like, you know, just trial and error and teaching you things. And the reward system is a per level basis. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. It's not just making Mario games. It's doing something different or it could be that. You know, and so I'm like, that's why I, I give that the uh, a lot of credit that I don't think a lot of people see. Metal Gear Solid, though, I mean, again, just right, like you were saying, it's like, I think of Metal Gear, I think of story. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I want. And I, I love Metal Gear Solid 4 because that story was just pure fan service yep. to me. Of just, hey, I'm going to wrap things up. This is the most over-the-top and stupid thing ever. But at that point, that's what Metal Gear was to me. And I'm like, great. Then you get five and it's like, oh man, that's not there at all. But it's like, for some reason, I'm still addicted to this. And the gameplay loop, all that stuff, we don't need to talk about that again. But what I do want to say about it is that unlike a lot of the games, I like simple games. You know, I like games that I'm like, the gameplay is just impeccable. This is great. I talk about Amplitude, right? I talk about um, Mario or Shovel Knight or stuff like that. Those are simpler games at the end of the day. But it's like, and, and Rocket League, whatever. If it's a simple game, it's fun to play, whatever. Metal Gear Solid is addicting and rewarding, and it's not simple. It's a 3D world. There's a lot going on, and all of the systems feel right. All of the little things are fun to do. It's not like there's a thing where you're like, I don't want to do this again. You know, I'm waiting for my damn resources to process. Well, that, that in terms of platinum, I know you're I'm getting into, around, into a different I'm screwing thing. around. Like, ha <laughs> Every time they taught me something new, I thought I was going to hate it, and then I didn't. And then I loved it. Mm. And that all happened so fast. And the, the gameplay is fun and it's not simple. That, that's, I think at the end of the day, I got to give my nod to Metal Gear Solid because, because it did something in 2015 that other games didn't. And I think that it, it's, it, that was a new thing. It, it made more complicated gameplay addicting and fun for me. Uh, I played Metal Gear for about 10 hours over the break and it just wasn't for me. Um, so I don't really have much valid information to say about it because I didn't dump it. No, this is is your time. This is your game. Nearly dump enough time into it. Uh, no, I just, I just wanted to say that like I did, did give it a go and, and it's just not what I'm looking for. I, I, I didn't, I can see, as I said, I think on Colin and Greg live or maybe on PSL, I don't really remember at this point. I said, I could see that the systems are deep and there's like a lot to do in the game i don't necessarily know that that's metal gear to me and so 
I and I don't I didn't personally find the gameplay to be above and beyond the best third person shooters that I played by any stretch of the imagination. So to me, it was um, to me, I was like, okay, this is fine. I think it's a, I think I can see it. I loved as I said, I fucking love the intro and what I was what I was so disappointed about when you're walking to the hospital and the the, the fucking guy on fire and the, the psychomantis type character, or whatever. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. And then it just rips you out of it, you know, and. I'm like, why? Why did you rip me out of that? Like, that was fucking awesome. That's Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was it almost playing it and actually experiencing it almost made me made me angry. It's like, God damn it. Like 10 to 12 hours of that is a Metal Gear game. Yeah. And suddenly I'm in an open world. I'm like, OK, like, why am I here? I, I, I So I went through all the missions and I, and I found you know, doing some side quests and and kind of just experimenting and, 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 and faulting. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Guys out and. <laughs> Experimenting a little bit with the with the the equipment and all that kind of stuff and 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 making new things and to me it was I was just like I, there, there was nothing there was no gravity there anymore to me where I was like this isn't what I was looking for that that first hour that first ninety minutes god damn it that was fucking rad you know and I wish that it was more like that so that's kind of where I'm coming from with that but I respect your guys opinion and and I also respect that I didn't play it for a fraction of the time you guys played it as well um but that was that I almost wish I didn't play it anyway. Like at this point, because I'm like, there was always this like je ne sais quoi about it, where I was like, I'm sure There's that I like this, yeah, yeah. But I'm not gonna play it. I'm not gonna get to it. And then when I finally got to it, I was like, damn it, I shouldn't have played it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, that first hour and a half, I was I was fucking in it. I loved it. Um, to me, it's like we you have to like whittle whittle down what I'm si- like the games on my list: Mega Man Collection, Shovel Knight, Uncharted Collection removed. Uh, a game like Zero Drifter, I thought was a lot of fun, but I wouldn't vote for it. Witcher Three is fun, but there's it's got a lot of flaws. I wouldn't vote for it. So you're left you're left with with to me three games come to mind. Um, really, you got to go to Rocket League. You got to go to Dying Light, um, and you could really even end the conversation there. I would even consider something like Until Dawn, um, just based on the the resonance of the experience. Uh, and then you can talk a little bit about Mad Max or like you know whatever you want to talk about, but I really think it probably comes to Rocket League. I, I, I uh, Dying Light, I'm not comfortable. Um, we make our own rules, right? So I put yeah. the, I put games that I didn't beat on my list that I play. I spend a lot of time with, and Dying Light was one of those games. But I feel like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna give it that extra that extra nod, um, I have had to have seen it all, and I didn't. Uh, the game could fall off a fucking cliff, for all I know. Uh, but I liked what I played. Rocket League is a game, unlike Greg, who like was just traveling and didn't realize two ships in the night. I actually did play that game a lot, and uh, I played it online a lot, and I played uh, I played against the computer a lot, and I played you know multi a little or locally a little bit. And we played it a lot before it came out, so it's it's um so it's probably the game overall where I would be like, well, Dying Light's probably the game of the year for me if I was comfortable saying that, having seen the entire game. And you can go to Mad Max and be like, well. Mad Max really gave me what I was looking for. That, that was a game I spent sunk a lot of time into because I just enjoyed playing it. I just thought it was fun. And I like those games where it's just slowly whittling away. Like we talked about over and over again, that Ubisoft style map sections that are getting that are dark red and then they go pink and light red and then they're white and you're cleared and you got everything, you know, and there's fucking 8 billion collectibles. I like that kind of shit. Yeah, collectibles are great. Um, not always, but I like that. I mean, that's why I play Far Cry because Far Cry is better, I think, than Mad Max in the sense that it's got superb gameplay as well in, in, in all senses. So I think I would settle on, uh, I think I would probably settle on Rocket League, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. 
you know, I don't know if it's really important. There, I, there was a few games that I really, really enjoyed, but I think in terms of solid gameplay, I think in terms of uh, resonance, I think in terms of performance, I think in terms of uh, uh, staying power, which I think Rocket League clearly has, that uh, it's probably my game of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's good. I think that that... that I mean, we've overthought, kind of, we've overthought it. Yeah. Kind of funny games of the year. Damn. Oh, I like that. You see what I did there? Because yeah. we're kind of funny games. Yeah, we are. You just put of the year and you give multiple I mean, games to you. It's good. It's really good. I enjoyed this. I thought this was a good episode. I overall. do too. I hope people liked it. I'm sure they did. Let us know in the chat if you're watching live. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast, the first and last ever episode 52 of this big, beautiful show. Uh, come back next week where we're going we're gonna to be back to a normal show. Yeah, back in the other room. This back studio. in the other room. And also, like this is the last. I don't even know what we're going to do next week. Because the last couple of weeks, we've been knowing what we're doing. Because it's been like wrapping up things and, and going from there. I know. What? Steve Gaynor will be here. You are right. So he'll talk about a bunch of stuff. Not just gone home. And then he'll talk about the games with us and whatever yeah. happening in gaming. Tacoma. Tacoma. I'm in space. Gone home in space. A coming you, of age story in space. As yeah, far as I, I know. Yeah, David. Gone home's out soon. You can <laughs> get that episode early. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. And speaking of Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to help us support kind of funny the animated series we're trying to make it happen last i checked we crossed the 45k mark which means six episodes are funded we're trying to get to 75 by the end of january yeah remember again to stress this, this to make sure that people know out there it's only for january so 75 thousand dollars yes that is a lot of money that we're asking for but it is all going to animation animation very expensive we want to do this right once february comes back to normal we're just going back to the normal Patreons. You guys can change your, your tiers to whatever. So for all of you that are already on Patreon, you're like, I want to support this project just for January. If you want to go higher, great. If no one wants to, that's cool too. What we keep saying is if everybody who's giving us $1 on Patreon gave us four more dollars, we'd hit it. We'd be done. Yeah. Told, I mean, at this point, that's different. Yeah. Well, then we'd have a lot less. more. We'd have a lot of money. But yeah. I mean, there are some guys who can't give more than a dollar. And I understand that. And you don't have or to. Or no dollars. It doesn't matter. Like, if you want to support the show, go to youtube.com slash kind of funny. Leave a nice comment. It'll make me happy. Yeah. Until next time.